This week on the Tech Night Out Live, we're trying to figure out all those problems with Apple Music and iTunes going forward. And who's the guy to tell us? Kirk McElhern, the iTunes guy. We'll also hear from Jim Tannis of Tech Review. We'll talk about Windows 10 and all the things happening with Apple. All this and more on the Tech Night Out Live. With Kirk McElhern, the iTunes guy, I suspect that the people who designed iTunes and the people who set up Apple Music are getting their share of abuse this past month. What's your take? You think? I I thought everyone was just being very polite about the whole situation, just welcoming Apple with open arms and saying, oh, we don't mind that there is this incomprehensible interface and that we can't figure out how to do things and that our music disappears. And I think everyone's just being polite about it. Especially Jim Dalrymple. Yeah, he's been very nice. He's been, you know, thank you very much, Apple, for messing up my library. To, To be fair, Jim did get most of his music back. I spoke to Jim just before he posted the article where he was saying that he lost everything and he was giving up on it. I haven't talked to him since he got the music back, so I'm not sure it was just like a temporary thing with iCloud Music Library. But Jim was mighty upset, as I would be too. And and I'm not trusting my main music library to iCloud Music Library. All right, just for those who are just tuning in, So let's give some context here. Jim Dalrymple is a friend of the show, somebody I've known for many years. He's a friend of Kirk's, and he has a site called The Loop at loopinsight.com. Now, he posts an article explaining why he's leaving Apple Music. And part of it was that 4,700 songs turned up missing. But because he's well-connected, he got the chance to go to the Apple campus to talk it over. So what happened then? Yeah, well, they straightened it out, and and apparently they got back most of his music, but he said some of it, I think it was, was it his Ozzy Osbourne records, he couldn't get back. Now, part of the problem is that Jim didn't have a local backup. He moved not long ago from Canada to California. I mean, he admits that he should have had a backup. Every time we talk about things like that, we always tell people, you simply must back up, because you will lose data at some point. Yeah, and I still can't understand that, how he could not have a backup. I've moved from time to time, and I always keep a backup drive, especially yeah. when you're moving because you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, when I moved from France to the UK, I made multiple backups, and I sent one by mail. I brought one in my suitcase, which I carried on the plane. This is my really important data, my music collection, my work files, and all that. And there was another one that was moved with everything in the moving truck. So I had three different versions just in case something happened. Yeah, I mean, I keep... Two complete backups on two separate drives. One's a clone backup with Carbon Copy Cloner. The other is done with Time Machine. And I keep an off-site backup with a company called Crash Plan. And fortunately, our local ISP, Cox Communications, recently increased their bandwidth allocation to up to two terabytes. 
So I have plenty of room with which to back up my entire hard drive. Now, CrashPlan says they don't want you to do that, but there's no limits. You can do it. They're saying, well, just include your users folder or whatever, just your documents and maybe your apps. But I back up everything. So I have three full backups of all my stuff. And I know if I had to move tomorrow, I wouldn't be out of business. If my computer was stolen or repossessed or something, I wouldn't be out of business. Yeah, I wish I could do the online backup thing because I would like to have that as well. Um, As we've discussed many times, my bandwidth here is way too slow for that. There are fiber cabinets in the village and we should get fiber maybe sometime this year, at which point I will definitely pay for an online backup. You you really need an offsite backup of some sort, whether it's hard drives that you move to someplace that's not your home, a friend's home, your, your work or whatever, or something online. There's just too much stuff, you know. Jim's music's important to him. My music collection is really important to me. All the photos you've got of your family that you're storing online, you can't trust Apple to not lose them if they're in the iCloud photo library any more than you can trust them to not lose your music. Now, it's different because the music is partly it's matched and partly it's uploaded. The cloud process is a little bit different. Uh, we've said this so many times on the show. You just you got to back everything up. It's nothing you can get away with here. You really have to back up because part of the problem also is you can't predict when something like this will happen. And you can't rely on cloud services. And it's not just Apple. I know Apple gets a lot of abuse, a lot of complaints about outages and everything. But I was just reading the other day about somebody who adopted Windows 10 and then returned to Windows 8.1 because the syncing with the Microsoft OneDrive wasn't reliable. He felt that Windows 8.1 had more reliable syncing. So it's not as if Apple is the worst offender. If you ask people who are using Microsoft operating systems, I bet they have war stories. Yeah, I I just wouldn't trust any cloud service at all. If I can just make a recommendation, I've got a couple of these Western Digital My Passport external USB 3 hard drives. I'm just looking on Amazon you can get one for less than 80 bucks. Um, two terabytes is big enough for pretty much everyone, unless you've got a big video collection. Um, it's USB. It's bus-powered. It fits in your pocket. It's like the size of a deck of cards, basically. Um, it, if you don't want to have a big hard drive that plugs in with a power supply and cables and all that, get yourself one or two of these. And they're, they're also good because they're small and you can transport them. So you can take one into your office to store it back up there. Basically, it appeared to be a setting involving the iCloud Music Library that lost Jim Dalrymple, his music temporarily. He lost a lot of his Ozzy Osbourne stuff, but evidently they're saying that maybe he erased it by mistake. Nobody knows. I'm just thinking here we have Jim is a well-connected user of Apple products for 20 years or so. And if he can make a mistake and lose his music, what about regular people? Yeah, and, and and that's so. I've been hearing from a, a number of people um, for whom this iCloud Music Library setting turned itself off without their intervention. It's a setting in the iTunes general preferences. Um, you can turn it off if you want, but a number of people have reported that it's just going off on its own. Sometimes it, it's not the fault of anything, any user thing. I my guess is it's got something to do with a network setting, and iTunes checks the network and. It looks to see which computers have it on, and there's a glitch, and 
then it goes off. I don't know. I don't know. But a, a number of people reporting this enough that I wrote a short article on my website saying, hey, if your music disappears, try this because it might not be far away. It might just be a click away. What's better than losing the music preference that resets itself? And I assume Apple is probably working on some kind of bug fix update for iTunes that would fix it. But the other issue, and we'll get into also the fact that now Apple is talking about the numbers of subscribers and such. The big issue here is that there's a lot of stuff going on there, and ease of use was not a prime consideration in presenting it to you. It was just kind of thrown out there. There's a lot of criticism of the complication of using Apple Music. Um, And I think this stems from the unique selling point of Apple Music is the fact that So if you use something like Spotify or any of the other services, you pick something and you play it, you can save things in playlists and you can save your favorite songs and albums and all that. The the, the unique selling point of Apple Music is that you can combine the things that you've been listening to and saving from the streaming service with the music that's already in your library. So you've got a combination of music that you may have ripped from CDs, music you bought from the iTunes store or bought from other places or downloaded from wherever plus all the music that you're now renting from Apple Music. And this, to me, is, is a very attractive idea, um, if it works. Uh, I mean, I like the, I've got a very large music library. I like the idea of that library not being separate from a streaming library. I mean, it means that if... I, I'm, I'm mostly an album listener. I don't make playlists. And may, maybe I'll listen to an album by a particular artist, and there's another one by the artist I don't have, I can immediately, without switching to a different app, listen to that other album, add it to my library, um, stream it anytime from my library. And when I look for that artist, that this album that I don't own is going to show up next to the one I do. Okay, let's do our break here. We have Kirk McElhern trying to figure out Apple Music. Can you count the ways it can be difficult? This is the Tech Night Owl Live. <laughs> Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Thousands of people seeking home security get ripped off every day. And the home security industry wants you to believe that's your only option. They've got hordes of salesmen out there trying to scare you into signing one of their long-term contracts. You get stuck writing huge checks month after month with no way out. It's robbery by contract, and it can cost you thousands. 
but there's a better way to protect your home. Simply Safe Home Security. Simply Safe has no contracts, none. You'll get award-winning 24/7 protection. Security professionals watching over your home, ready to instantly send police to the rescue for just $14.99 per month. That's less than half what most companies charge. Protect your home the smart way. Visit simplysafedefense.com today for an exclusive 10% offer and get a free keychain remote worth $25 only when you go to simplysafedefense.com. simplysafedefense.com. Hi, my name is DeRay, suffering from migraines, having Botox injections in my head and neck to alleviate pain, costing $1,500 out of my pocket. I discovered Dr. Ortman and Gentle Touch Chiropractic Adjustment called NUCA. I'm migraine-free since my first adjustment. Thanks for giving me my life back, Dr. Ortman. I wish they prescribed you instead of Botox. Thanks, DeRay. Putting the bones back in place is only half of the solution. We design a nutritional supplement program the body can handle and actually absorb, providing nutrients targeting the problem area. Between NUCA and nutrition, we will have you on the road to a faster and more permanent recovery. Look us up on the web at drwartman.com or call 952-303-9124. Let us help you feel better faster. Wellspring Spinal Care at 952-303-9124. Again, that's 952-303-9124. Or on the web at drortman.com. Everyone says or does something silly once in a while. Even very smart, very accomplished people. It's part of being human. A quote taken out of context, a legal problem, an unfortunate photograph. Once that embarrassing thing is on the internet, it can spread like a terrible rash. Because people love to dig up dirt, even when it's not real dirt. Put it to rest. Call for a free expert analysis today from Reputation.com. It only takes 30 seconds. 800-831-0771. Businesses, public figures, and professionals turn to Reputation.com for good reason. We protect your online image by helping make sure that when people search for you or your business, they find the most current, accurate information possible. Reputation.com. Because word travels fast. Learn more about what the experts at Reputation.com can do for you. Call for a free analysis today. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. We have Kirk McElhern. We're trying to figure out Apple Music. And it debuted on June 30th. And we'll talk about the initial numbers that given by Apple as to numbers of signups. But right now, it's the fact that it's really not easy. Now, another big problem with Apple Music is the integration with people who bought iTunes Match. And iTunes Match was a feature that allowed you to basically take your music library, match it with the equivalent track on Apple servers and iTunes, and have basically a unified library up to 25,000 songs for $25 a year. And it sort of works, except that sometimes it doesn't match the music, even though Apple has it online, like the most famous example from the Abbey Road album from the Beatles, She Came In Through the Bathroom Window. 
after all these years, still not matched. No, it matched for me. Several years ago when iTunes Match came out, Lex Friedman wrote an article on Macworld about that. And he surveyed a whole bunch of people on Twitter. And it didn't match for anyone, but it did match for me. And I think it's because the, the CD versions that I had ripped of the Beatles songs were the very latest remaster. And my guess is that there was something more different in, that, in the version of that song in that remaster, which would be the same version in the iTunes store, than the other songs on the album. So it's, it's always matched for me, that song. All right, so consider yourself lucky. This is one of the problems with matching, that you have re-releases and remasterings. The times may be slightly different. The, the, the mastering means that the music is slightly different. The sound is slightly different. Right, so, but proper design has to recognize that. They know especially well, older or classic albums. Yes, That but, they're going to be remastered occasionally, and they have to be fairly loose about the matching. No, they don't have to be loose about the matching, in fact, because if you prefer the Beatles remasters from 1997, you don't want your music matched to the Beatles remasters from 2010 or whenever it was. You want that older version. If you prefer the first version of Miles Davis's Kind of Blue over the later remasters, that's the one that you should be getting. This the, particular the, case here, we're talking about songs on one album right, of which only one track is not matched and the others are. Why is that one track significantly different? Right, because there is more of a difference in the remastering of that track. And the iTunes store only contains one version of each song. It doesn't contain the older ones. So for that one track, the people who had older CDs, maybe the other songs weren't remastered much, and that particular one had more remastering for some reason. You know, a, a lot of the people, well, Abbey Road was past the time when, when they had the sort of ping-pong effect with the, the vocals on the right, the guitars on the left. Um, but remasters changed the levels of some of those things over the years. So it's annoying but for an album that's been remastered, it doesn't surprise me that older CDs don't always match. For, for an album where there's only one version, and this is the case with a lot of albums as well, not all the tracks match. That's really annoying. To be fair, the Beatles are among the artists most remastered and changed. They certainly are, yeah. I mean, they, if you listen been... to this Sunday show from a DJ named Andre Gardner from Philadelphia, he has a Sunday Beatles thing for two hours, and it's nationally syndicated here in the U.S., and he plays alternate takes of everything. So you have here the basic albums, and then maybe 10 different versions. Then you have anthologies, and you have new mixes and old mixes, and the music without the vocal and the vocal without the music. And you can see where they are busy, frankly, monetizing the Beatles ad infinitum. They are. And there are enough fans to keep buying new versions that they're just making a lot of money. There was a particular, and it might have been the 1997 remastering, which was highly criticized, um, but the Beatles have been remastered several times on CD. Uh, in particular, the last major remastering also re-released all the original mono albums. Um, so those hadn't been available for a while. And, and I'm talking about the international version not the U.S. version, which came out, was it a year or two ago? Because the U.S. albums were different. Now, um, to make it but, more complicated. Yeah, yeah. When the well, Beatles were first popular in the 60s, the American and British versions of the albums were different. They yeah. remixed them into stereo or ping-pong stereo, as Kirk will mention. And the 
lineup of the music was different. And, and now, of course, they also have a vinyl collection of Beatles mono. Yeah. If you're a vinyl fan, you can get it in vinyl. Some of the U.S. albums had tracks that were only available as singles in the U.K. There were also EPs released in the U.K. with like four tracks on them. So, yeah, the not only were the orders of songs different, but there were certain songs that were never originally released in the U.S. on the U.S. versions. Um, what's interesting is I, there are two artists from, let's call it my prime music days of the late 70s, early 80s, um, the Cure's first album in the U.S. was radically different from their first U.K. album. And even The Clash's first album was quite different. So up until the end of the, the, the sort of vinyl era, we were still seeing these different releases because I guess the record labels just felt, you know, people weren't going to like the same songs or something. Let's just look back at Apple Music. So we understand, okay, maybe it makes sense that the Beatles matching isn't good because there are so many versions to link up. But the issue here is if you have iTunes match and then you say, you know what, I'll swing for Apple Music, wouldn't it make more sense for Apple, because in a sense they're duplicating each other to a slight degree, say, okay, if you're opting to stay with Apple Music, maybe we'll apply your $25 a year membership and discontinue the other service because it's no longer necessary. It's redundant and confusing. Yeah, the problem is redundant and confusing are two excellent adjectives. But I knew them well. The, yes, alas, Horatio, I knew him well. The services are very different, and one of the sort of side effects is, so iTunes Match is designed to ensure that your music collection up to 25,000 tracks is available on all your devices. So it matches tracks, it uploads the ones it can't match. Apple Music is a little bit different. It's a subscription service. So if you don't have iTunes Match, Apple Music is still matching and uploading files. But if you were to re-download those files on another computer or delete them from your first computer and re-download them, they have DRM, which means you can only play them as long as your Apple Music subscription is active. If, however, you have both iTunes Match and Apple Music, then you get the Apple Music matching of tracks that you own, okay, without DRM, but tracks that you don't own, that you've added to your library from Apple Music, do have DRM. Yes, this is redundant and confusing, and let's, you know, put the accent on confusing here. It took me quite some time to really understand the nuances of this, of how the two services work together and, and what the results are um, in the situation where you have one or the other or both. Again, does it make sense, though, not to have a better way of integrating this? I, I personally think that the iTunes Match solution is better for the, for the simple reason that the music that you own that you've added to your library comes back to you the way you had it, in other words, without DRM. Now, it would probably make more sense if Apple just rolled this into Apple Music. Yes, um, it does make sense, as does this announcement. Got more to come on the Tech Night Out Live. Independently leading the way for the nation. Compelling talk for every political persuasion. We are GCN. 
Hey, Berkey Guy here. Are you still drinking unfiltered tap water? Does your water contain chlorine or fluoride? Will you have drinkable water in an emergency? The Berkey Guy is here to help you remove these and other potential contaminants from your water, thus helping you drink clean, purified water. We offer Berkey water purification systems at the lowest available prices online. Don't go another moment without Berkey System. Over the last 10 years, we've helped thousands drink clean, purified water. Join them by visiting GoBerkey.com or call me, the Berkey Guy, at 877-886-3653. That's 877-886-3653. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blocket Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you. People seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com. And if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more. And this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com. ParanormalDate.com. And use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just $19.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV say goodbye to the cable guy cut costs and get more 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. 
Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare, but for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. And I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose. 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, who includes dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. Call 1-800-714-6993. 1-800-714-6993. today. Live with Gene Steinberg, it's the Tech Night Owl, because you never know what's going to happen next. We have Kirk McElhern. I'm Gene Steinberg. We're talking about Apple Music, but first let me talk to you about Tech Night Owl Plus. Don't forget that we have the special way of getting an ad-free version of the Tech Night Out Live called Tech Night Out Plus. You go to plus.technightout.com, P-L-U-S.technightout.com, and it works kind of like this. When you sign up, we send you to a special place in our forums, the Tech Night Out forums, where you can download the special version of the show with 41 minutes of network ads removed with a higher quality audio, so the beautiful tones of people like Kirk McElhern are even more clear than before. They're not going through all sorts of weird gear to improve the talk power. It's the actual file we submit to the network. You're hearing it, the master recording, so to speak, in a pretty high-resolution MP3 file. Okay, plus.technightisle.com. Now, we're talking about all the confusing aspects of Apple Music. Of course, we have the bugs and the things in iTunes that turn off and the usability factors and all that, and the confusion between iTunes Match and Apple Music. Despite all that nonsense, Apple announced this week that they've had 11 million signups, of which 2 million are for the multiple or family user package, the $14.99 package. Now, I understand here, nobody's paid for it yet because everybody has signed up for a 90-day trial. How many of those people will keep it on after the 90 days is a question mark. And that's where the pedal meets the metal or something like that, because there are so many problems with this service. Are people just going to give up and disgust, or will they think about it, say, the last week or two before their charge and say, well, it's working okay now. Maybe that's Apple's hope. I think there are a number of variables. Um, one of the first is, do you already use a streaming service, yes or no? In this case, I'm sure that a lot of people signed up to Apple Music to compare it to Spotify or whichever service they're using. If you don't already st- use a streaming service, the question is, has Apple Music convinced you to pay $10 a month or 10 pounds or 10 euros a month? And that's a big ask for a lot of people. I kind of, I'm a little bit skeptical about these numbers because what they didn't make clear is, do they count these 2 million people as 2 million of the 11 million? So that would mean 9 million individuals and 2 million family plans. Or do they count each family plan as, let's say, an average of three users, which would mean 6 million of the 11 million are family plans and 5 million are individuals. You have to admit the family plan is a darn good deal. It's the best deal of any of the streaming services, whereas the individual plan is the same price as all the others. Spotify is much more expensive for multiple users. I mean, I know some people who aren't going to use it, but who have two kids and who want to use it and say, well, hey, then it's worth spending 15 bucks because the kids are going to use it. 
Also, how many of these people signed up to just try it out and haven't used it more than once or twice, either because it's confusing or not? Did they think to go and cancel their thing, their, their subscription, so it doesn't get auto-renewed, or in other words, auto-first paid? I think come the, the beginning of October, a lot of people are going to be surprised that they're getting billed for something that maybe they haven't been using. I think Apple has not won the game. I think they're far from winning the game. 11 million out of, let's say there's roughly 500 million iOS devices out of a billion that are in use. 85% of them are running iOS 8. 11 million out of that is not a very big number. Now, let me give you the exact figures here as I've heard about it. There are 800 million iTunes accounts. Yes, this is what they said last year. So let's assume a little bit more. Okay. Now, that's very important because what that means is, so it's like 1.5% of their user base has signed up for a free trial. I do not pretend to know what numbers are good with that because it's a matter of time. It's going to take a while before people actually get around to subscribing. Yeah, and, and don't forget that for now, it's only available to iOS users or people using iTunes on the desktop. At some point in the very near future, Apple said the fall, they'll be releasing an Android app. So this is going to open it up to a much broader audience. Now, let's hope the Android app works better. Well, it's going to be the same as the music app on iOS, presumably. Let's hope that they don't have any particular issues because, as I, I'm sure we've discussed many times, there's such fragmentation across the Android platform that it's probably not very easy to ensure that your app is going to run correctly. Um, but nevertheless, it's going to expand the audience for Apple Music a great deal. So Apple is obviously going to pull out all stops. I assume come fall there will be advertising. Well, they've already Apple started Music. ads. They've, they've started done some billboards now. They've put yeah. up some billboards. But real heavy-duty advertising is going to come in the fall. Like TV ads, yeah. So Apple's already involved with MTV's Video Music Awards, and I can imagine that they're going to be sponsoring a number of um, high-profile events, and they're going to have a big presence. Um, let's say in the six-month period from September through to March, I think they're going to really do a media blitz. Because if you think about it, I was discussing this with someone earlier, um, actually someone who used to work for Apple, and if you look at it, Apple basically is becoming a one-product company with the iPhone. I mean, they're still making a lot of money from Macs and, and iPads and all that. And Mac sales are growing. iPad sales are, are flattening and starting to lower. But the vast majority of the income comes from the iPhone. It's very hard for a company to create a new hardware product, which is you know what Apple did with the iPad. Um, they didn't create it, obviously, but they brought the tablet into mainstream. So Apple really needs to work on services um, to continue their growth. And, you know, clearly uh, music is one of the main services. Well, the thing is, Apple's had problems with services. Particularly cloud services, yeah. Um, we remember MobileMe, we remember iTools, we remember iCloud, um, pre-iCloud, what was the previous one? MobileMe, um, what was the other one? Mac.com. Dot Mac, yes. Dot Mac. So they, they keep changing the name to try and get people to forget that these things didn't work very well. That's what Microsoft does. That's why we have Bing <laughs> as a search engine now rather than live search or whatever the heck it used to be called. And, and their web browser is now called Edge. But as someone pointed out on Twitter yesterday, um, and I think it was a, a, a friend of the show, Rob Pegararo, 
it has an E using the same sort of E logo um, as Internet Explorer. So for most people, they don't care and they won't notice. You actually yeah. have to optionally locate Internet Explorer in Windows 10. I mean, you can do it. I've done it. But then the first thing you see on the opening screen is, hey, we've got something new called Edge. Try that instead and get less features. But yeah, I think Apple needs to innovate with services because that's where growth is going to come from. Y you know, th there's been a lot of talk about iPhone sales in China, but that's a market that doesn't have a very large middle class and is going to quickly get saturated. Um, that doesn't mean that it's going to it's going to plummet next year. Um, but you know, Apple's on a long term plan here, and if the company wants to keep growing, they've got to keep adding new products and innovations. They've got a phone, they've got a watch, they've got a tablet. Can you think of any new computing devices that we could get? We're not going to get like a tricorder um, or, or a, a transporter or anything like that. Um, so we're, we're, we're really at the end of the line in terms of devices for the immediate future and even in terms of features on devices. Um, there's not a lot that can be added. So services are a place where they can grow. Isn't it true, though, that the tricorder is actually the iPhone? Well, it's, it's the a iPhone. combination of the communi communicator, which would be the well, the communicator is the iPhone, and the, the tricorder would be the, the iPad, iPad, and this is the with, combination with a couple of medical sensors and all that. All right, you see. Yeah. Um, one one area, of course, where I think Apple is going. I, I don't think Apple's building a car. I think they're building in-car systems. Um, I think this is going to be a very big market because, you know, with CarPlay already, um, if Apple can build an in-car system that they can sell to multiple um, car brands, uh, that's, that's probably a pretty pricey device. I, I really have no idea what something like that is worth, but it certainly costs more than an iPhone. Let's go uh, into more of this in our next segment with Kirk McElhern, the iTunes guy. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Nation's largest independently owned and operated talk radio network, the Genesis Communications Network, GCN. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. 
Everyone says or does something silly once in a while. But once that embarrassing thing is on the Internet, it can spread like a terrible rash. Put it to rest. Get a free expert analysis today from Reputation.com. It only takes 30 seconds. 800-831-0771. We protect your online image by helping to make sure that when people search for you or your business, they find the most current, accurate information possible. Reputation.com. Because word travels fast. Call for a free analysis today. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System today, complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231, and the Berkey Guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey Light, the Berkey Guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey Guy at 1 886 3653. That's 1 886 3653. Or order online at goberkey.com. That's goberkey.com today. Making the right decisions is a challenge to investors. Are we going to see economic growth, slide into a recession, or at worst, depression? Hi, Ted Anderson from Midas Resources. We all know when a company acts irresponsibly, divesting ourselves in a move towards safety is prudent. When the market becomes volatile, U.S. Treasuries are a safe haven. But what do you do when the U.S. government overextends itself and spends beyond its means? Many investors are turning toward gold as a common-sense alternative to traditional paper investments. Midas Resources has put together a powerful book titled 10 Reasons to Own Gold, discussing costs, benefits, risks, featuring full-color illustrations, weights, and measures. The book is free and can be yours by calling 800-686-2237. Paper investments are dwarfed by gold's 6,000-year history. Discover how gold may be right for you and your IRA by calling 800-686-2237. Whether buying or it's time for you to sell, the book is free. Call 800-686-2237. know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. So from iTunes and Apple Music, we're moving to Apple's online services and all the problems. Of course, Apple is spending an awful lot of money building out server farms. But they keep having problems. And not that other companies don't have problems. Obviously, Microsoft has problems. We know Amazon does. Google seems to have it mostly together. I never hear of too many outages of Gmail. They have it mostly together. It's been a while. I remember there were a few a couple of years ago. And it's been a while. I don't remember a recent Facebook outage either. 
Right. Um, Twitter's pretty rare that it goes down, but Twitter doesn't really host that much data in, you know, per user, per tweet, all that. You know, they're not hosting photos and files and everything. Besides, Twitter's still trying to figure out what to do. Yeah. Um, there was an article today, I think it was on Forbes, suggesting that Google should buy Twitter. Now that Google Plus is pretty much deprecated, as they say, I don't see that as a fit for Google because it would just become a stream of ads. Every other tweet, you'd get an ad for, you know, whatever the last thing was you looked at on the web. So Twitter, Twitter's a hard nut to crack because as people, th- there are people who use it a lot. I use Twitter quite a lot. Um, there are other people who try to use Twitter and don't understand what they're supposed to do. So if you sign up for Twitter and you don't have many friends who are using Twitter, who are you going to follow? It's not, it's not more complicated than Facebook, but the fact that it's not visual like Facebook makes it more complicated. What bothers me about Twitter is the fact that, you know, you've got all these small messages in your timeline. If you follow a lot of people, it's a messy clutter constantly moving. You know, unless you focus on a small number of people, how do you keep track of it? Well, that's the thing. You can't follow too many people or you can, um, you can put people into lists it's not easy. And, you know, sometimes I see people um, with who are following thousands of people on Twitter, and I just don't understand how you can do it. And, and I think these people must just not look at too many of their tweets. Um, they log on and they look at the last, you know, 50 or 100, and then they move on. Um, you can't. You can't. It's just too much. Um, so I don't know. I, I mean, there, there are some people who tweet prolifically. Glenn Fleischman um, who's a tidbits writer, Macworld writer, and Take Control author. I think he tweets more than anyone in the entire world. Um, and then there are other people who just are who are silent on Twitter and just use it to follow people, maybe a handful of people, maybe celebrities. You know, it, it to them it's a passive thing. So you, you've got the two options. You, you've got the passive. You're just seeing what other people do. You've got the active where you're contributing to the conversation. And a lot of it depends on how many people you know or how many people follow you. Um, for most people, you're going to have 20 or 30 followers at most. Well, yeah, but if, you know, you're following, you know, major people, major stars, it gets to be convoluted. And a lot of times if you have a fair number of followers, say in connection with a business, and you want to follow people because you want to be courteous it gets to be messy. I don't like Twitter that much. I like Twitter reading the quotes in a newspaper article or an online post. But just going through my own timeline, it's a chore. It's hard enough to keep up with Facebook. Yeah, see, I, I pretty much don't use Facebook anymore. Um, I, I've gotten so annoyed at the kinds of things that people post on Facebook and the, the, the sort of anger that they develop on Facebook, you know, all these political posts and all. Um, for me, Twitter's a water cooler. Uh, I follow and am followed by a lot of people in our business, you know, tech writers. Um, and I use it to share articles I write and all that. Um, but uh, uh, m- most of, the, most of the, the conversations I get into with people are, you know, fellow tech writers. And, and just before the show, Dan Morin, who used to work for Macworld, now who writes for Jason Snell's website, Six Colors, was asking a question about Apple Music. And he and I and Chris Breen, another former Macworld person 
who now works for a fruit company in California, we were all discussing a sort of Apple Music issue. And, and I find this really useful that, you know, you can get these conversations with people uh, about a specific thing and you get troubleshooting or you get ideas or explanations and all that. But again, for most people, they've, they're following or they follow um, 20 or 30 people and that's about it. So in, unless they follow news sources, because that's another thing. You can follow, you know, uh, CNN or Fox News or whatever it is, and you can get all their tweets. Um, it, it's, all, it's all a bit – it can be overwhelming. It can be like the ticker on, you know, on, on the bottom of the CNN screen. Um, it, it, it depends on how you use it. And I don't, I don't think anyone would buy a book about how to use Twitter, but I think there's a need for a very short – you know, 20, 30 page book explaining what you can do and how you can do it. Well, Twitter, I mean, it's not hard to figure out at all. It's just that it's kind of convoluted. And I get to the same issue with regard to Facebook. Facebook kind of sort of works, but sometimes the interfaces and the interface elements don't work. So my wife is very active on Facebook for, of course, protecting animals and things like that. But she puts up a post and then she wants to edit that post. She made a mistake and goes back and there's a little pencil icon and you tap or click that. And sometimes you get the edit function. Sometimes you don't. The interface elements on Facebook, you know what? They don't always work. Yeah. Uh, I find Facebook is a mess, but I've, I've tamed it. A friend of mine, a Facebook friend of mine, um, pointed out that there's a browser plugin called FB, as in Facebook Purity, and you can choose what displays and what doesn't. It gets rid of all the ads. It gets rid of a lot of the cruft on the page, and it makes Facebook a lot easier to watch. Um, When I look at my timeline, there's much less garbage in it. Uh, Nevertheless, there's still garbage. Yeah. I mean, what can you do about that? Well, you you just don't use Facebook. You unfollow people, and you know I've I've seen a lot of people I know posting these really controversial links to really controversial articles, um, political things about gun control, abortion, racist stuff, and religion and things like that, and they just turn into these like big fights. And and so people who've done this, I've just basically unfollowed them because it's just not. I just I just don't want to do this on Facebook. It's no fun. I don't want to be able to have to deal with a lot of this political chatter. Because someone sees something wacky on the internet, and they post it in the timeline. And then you start discussing it. And you say, hey, this is wacky. There's no truth to it. You're spreading a silly rumor. Exactly, yeah. And then what happens? Everybody is screaming at one another. You start an internet flame war. Yeah, it's no fun. And and you find that people you know are actually doing this. It could be people in your family or friends, and you didn't realize that they were such rabid anti-vaccination people or, you know, pro-gun control or whatever it is that you might disagree with. And it, this is just things we shouldn't – it's just not good. It's not healthy. Um, there's a lot of anger comes out in, in this sort of stuff. So We don't need the anger. There's enough anger we, online we as it is. And, and see, part of the problem is with the online anger is that, you see, people, some people 
Some people feel, okay, we're anonymous because our real names aren't being disclosed, or even if they are, who can come get us? We're just somebody in front of a computer. Suddenly, they're able to do things that under normal circumstances they wouldn't do. They become people they would otherwise not become. Yeah. The psychology of online flaming. Well, it's the psychology of anonymity. Um, but as you say, it's not always anonymous, but it's, it's arguing at a distance kind of thing. And the psychology there is very strange. Really weird. Really weird. In any case, let's get back to this very quickly with regard to Apple Music. We got 11 million signups in a month. Apple obviously wants to beat Spotify, which has 20 million paid members and what, about 75 million people in all the rest getting the free service. Apple does not have a free service. So, of course, Apple, if they can get to 20 million paid signups, they match Spotify in a couple of months. We have 11 million the first month after the publicity juggernaut, new iPhones, all that stuff coming this fall. Yeah, What's going to happen by October? What's going to happen when people actually have to pay for it? There's the right, rub. These, I got to do the these, break. We have Kirk McElhern back for a couple of more segments. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Minds think alike. The network for the independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network. GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. Are you tired of commuting to a job that makes someone else rich? Working harder than ever, but getting nowhere? Do you hate spending hundreds of dollars every week on daycare? Having someone else raise your children? With our opportunities, you can start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss, work from home, and live a happier life. At Be The Boss Network, you'll find hundreds of work-from-home opportunities that you can literally start today and be earning money as soon as next week. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss. Get out of the rat race. Work from home. Go to freedom106.com right now and change your life today. That's freedom, the number 106.com. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You be the boss. Go to freedom106.com. 
Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live, and we've been going all over the place about iTunes, Apple Music, Apple's cloud problems, social networks and the problems with those, and getting back to Apple announcing 11 million members, and they'd obviously like to beat Spotify very quickly. Is that going to happen by October 1 when people have to pay for this thing? Yeah, that's that's the big unknown. 11 million people trying something, you know, what's the conversion rate going to be? Also, don't, don't forget that the, the Spotify number is a little bit suspect because Spotify offers a 99-cent three-month trial, um, I think for students or something. It, it's limited. And I, I, it, it's not clear whether they count the people doing this 99-cent trial as um, paid subscribers or not. So it could be that there's a couple million of those 20 million who are absolutely not really paid subscribers, but who are just people who are on a cheap three-month deal and might not convert their subscription to paid. And so technically, of, they're paid subscribers because they're paying a small amount of money. Right, but they're paying a small amount of money. But they don't define the difference. Well, th- see, it's not clear. No one's sure if Spotify's including these people because the, I, they've been asked and they've never um, actually come out and said whether they are including them or not. So, you know, it's like uh, Amazon never reports Kindle sales and things. You know, a company reports the numbers they want that make them look good, and it's they're right in a certain way. Um, but yeah, the key here, of course, Amazon doesn't tell you anything about how many Kindles are sold. You have to infer it. Apple tells you nothing about how many Apple Watches are sold. You can no. kind of, sort of, sort of infer it. Well, yeah, well, you can sort of infer it if you really dig into the numbers, but it's just not that simple to figure it out. I think the Apple Watch is included in other hardware, which includes the Apple TV, airport devices, accessories, and things like that. Um, so it's pretty hard to, to get any real numbers. And, you know, the, these numbers, while on the one hand you could say these numbers aren't very important, on the other hand, they are relatively important both as competitive information – um, companies making Android smartwatches want to know how Apple's doing. Um, they're important to shareholders or investors who may or may not invest in the company, depending on particular numbers, um, you know, that, that a new device is really popular. Uh, I'm just looking at Apple's share price. It's down to $114. It's just been going down um, for the past month. It was, what, it was a 133 So it's gone down, what, 15% in the past month. This after very good sales reported, um, record iPhone sales and, and, and all that. Um, it, it's kind of surprising. But these numbers do have effects. For us, do we really care? Personally, the, the one thing I generally don't write much about is these Apple's earning calls. Because um, basically every quarter you can say the same thing. Apple has printed a boatload of money again. Um, and the other thing about the earnings calls... That's a full hour of undistilled sales pitches. It is. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pure PR. And I, I think neither you nor I have the um, competence nor understanding of that language, that Wall Street PR language and the financial concepts behind it to make any judgments. And I think it's the same is true for most 
tech websites who report on it, you know, they look at the big picture. Well, this many million iPhones and this many billion dollars in profit. But there's a lot of information that goes in there. And if you read, you know, a day later, not like in a live stream, you look on the Wall Street Journal or Forbes or, you know, financial um, uh, websites or newspapers, you'll find an awful lot of insight coming from these calls that, that we would never think about. You know, with the stock price, you kind of wonder here whether some investors or industry analysts are talking down the stock to make some money. There's always that. There's always people who are selling short and do their best to make sure that the, the shares go down. Um, it's so, I don't, you know, I understand the concept of the stock market, but the way it actually works, it's so, it's emotional even though you get certain types of investors who look at these graphs and have these formulas and algorithms, it really comes down to emotion. You either believe in a stock or you don't. And there, there's a trend as one is bullish or bearish on a stock and it kind of takes hold. And, you know, the same way that we're constantly doing all this inside baseball talk about Apple products, there are people who have the same sorts of podcasts and radio shows and websites that talk about finance and the same, you, you get these sort of ideas that, that float around and for a while people are positive, then they're negative. Um, so it, it's another world to me. It really is. Um, it's just amazing that whenever they release these record figures, the best quarter ever, that the stock plummets. I mean, is it a belief that things can't get better? Um, you know, things have been better every quarter for, for, well, basically since around 2007, right? Since, no, it wasn't the first iPhone. It was the second one that really took off. But since then, pretty much every quarter has been better than the previous quarter, um, with the exception that we're seeing iPad sales flatten. Um, but other than that, you know, Mac sales keep going up. Okay, iPod sales have been replaced by iPhone and iPad sales, and that's not surprising. But overall, the, the net profit just keeps going up, and they've got $200 billion in cash, in some underground lair someplace. It is. It is kind of crazy, isn't it? Yeah. And and then, so I don't really follow many stocks. I'm not an investor. Um, Fitbit announced results yesterday of like, I don't know, a really huge um, increase in sales. And I'm just seeing that their stock went down 13% today. So, you know, what's, what's the understanding of this? Um, a company's doing really well and the stock plummets. Yeah, this has gone on for Apple for quite a while. We had this kind of correction, what, 2011, 2012? Yeah. Where the stock market went down for spurious reasons. You know, it started out with a fake rumor about poor iPhone sales from the sales channel. When the sales were actually not bad at all, but it was perceived as bad because of the false rumors. And Tim Cook had once said famously, well, you can't judge sales from one metric in the supply chain, which is basically saying, get a grip, folks. It's a lot more complicated than that. It's not so simple. So we're seeing that now. Apple, every couple of years, goes through a stock correction for real or imagined reasons. And this goes well, throughout Apple's history. So I, I still use Dashboard for a couple of things. I have a widget for stocks and um, exchange rates, and I have a, a conversion widget. And I'm looking at Apple's share price over the past two years. Um, so in, in the stocks widget, you can go 
a day, a week, a month, three months, six months, a year, two year, two years. Um, two years ago, the share price was in the, the low 60s. Today, it's 114. So I don't think anyone should be complaining. Um, if you've made nearly 100% profit on your investment in two years, you're very happy. Uh, I think these sort of corrections, like there was one in January where the Again, right after the quarterly results in January, the, the, the stock plummeted a bit. Um, I, it's really, you know, a stock that doubles in price in two years and go back and it's doubled in price in two years before that and it's doubled in price in two years before that. Um, I think people are putting too much stock into, you see what I did there? They're putting oh, too much a, stock. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Too much stock in Apple stock. No, they're putting too much stock in the change in Apple stock as if this change is important. Um, it's not in the long-term scheme of things. And this is, I, I must say, this is a malady of the business press and cable news that has turned the stock market into a bellwether of the economy, which it is not. Um, stock prices are fictitious at all times until you sell your stock. Um, the value of a company is not really the value of its share price times the, the number of shares, because if all of those shares were to be sold, would people be willing to pay the same thing? A share price is not the current value of a company. It's the perceived future value of a company. Well, the so, thing also, it's become like wrestling. You know, it yeah, becomes yeah. a match. It becomes a reality show. Stock price. Polls. Right now, well, we have the, the first presidential debates this week with 17 candidates spread among two debates. Each candidate has like five minutes to speak. How do you Wait, handle they, that? They to- We've got Kirk McElhern. He's not going to handle it because he doesn't even live in the U.S. anymore. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night How Life. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Thousands of people seeking home security get ripped off every day, and the home security industry wants you to believe that's your only option. They've got hordes of salesmen out there trying to scare you into signing one of their long-term contracts. You get stuck writing huge checks month after month with no way out. It's robbery by contract, and it can cost you thousands. But there's a better way to protect your home. Simply Safe Home Security. Simply Safe has no contracts, none. You'll get award-winning 24-7 protection, security professionals watching over your home, ready to instantly send police to the rescue for just $14.99 per month. That's less than half what most companies charge. Protect your home the smart way. Visit simplysafedefense.com today for an exclusive 10% offer and get a free keychain remote worth $25 only when you go to simplysafedefense.com. Simplysafedefense.com.
At 30dayfoodsupply.com, two of our top priorities are providing quality food at a reasonable price and protecting your security. When you call 800-700-2184, we will never record your phone call and never ask for your personal information, like how much food you have stored or where you keep it. We'll also never store your credit card information and email address on a computer. Your email address will never be shared or sold. We'll never limit the number of boxes you can purchase. We'll never use outside packers or use relabeled food from another company. Our meals are naturally high in fiber, carbs, and protein, and everything is packed with oxygen absorbers and mylar pouches under our direct supervision at our plant in Oregon. Oregon Trail Foods and 30dayfoodsupply.com keep prices low by buying directly from their producers in Oregon and then passing the savings on to you. Call 800-700-2184 and purchase our 30-day 90-serving emergency food supply for only $99 and $10 ships your entire order to the lower 48. Visit our website 30dayfoodsupply.com or call 800-700-2184. That's 30dayfoodsupply.com at 800-700-2184. So you've been listening to pharmacist Ben and Dr. Wallach for a long time now, and you're wondering if Longevity really works. Hi, my name is Adam. I'm an employee at GCN, and I've been using Longevity products for over two years now. Call me today to hear my story at 612-695-5982. You, too, can lose weight, experience increased energy, and feel better about yourself and the future of your family. Call today, 612-695-5982. That's 612-695-5982. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, and carting to a private bank, having it lent back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Hi, Ted Anderson. I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. But very quickly, before we continue with our final segment, Kirk, how does someone living in Europe look at the crazy American presidential campaign, especially the Republicans, where, you know, they've got so many people there, they have these debates where, how do they even speak? Well, so depending on the country in Europe, they either do debates or they don't. There wasn't a real debate before the last parliamentary elections early this year. Um, The prime minister refused. He was only in one small debate. Um, and the difference here is not so much a, a number of candidates because they don't really have the same kind of primary system. It's the number of parties who are represented. Um, here you have two main parties and five or six smaller parties. Um, the same when I was living in France, it was pretty similar. Um, the biggest difference is the election cycle is much shorter. Instead of it being a year and a half as it is now in the States for the presidential election, In most European countries, it's a couple of months at most. Elections are generally publicly funded. So political parties can get private money, but they don't spend anything like what people in the States spend. You don't have these billionaires um, like the Koch brothers exerting the kind of control they do. The the parliamentary election here, you know, there were no TV commercials for candidates. There were no robocalls. 
um, you get some leaflets through your door and you might get people knocking on your door depending on where you live. So people look at this in the States with total incredulity, especially when they see someone like Donald Trump. Um, they just wonder, you know, if they've gone into a time warp or something. Um, now, make it even crazier, as at the time we're doing this show, I heard of one poll that had him at 30 percent among I, he, 17 candidates. But just wait a minute before we go on here. And that is here the voter turnout is pathetic. If you get 40 or 50 percent turnout, it's great. What's the turnout in the UK? I don't think it was great. I think it was in the 50s. But you see, that would be extraordinary here. Um, well, it's still much better. It's still better than the States. And in France, it was around the same, I think, 50 to 60-ish, something like that. But it, it depends, of course, because there's no president in the UK. There's a prime minister, and the prime minister is chosen based on the results of parliamentary elections. In France, you have both a prime minister and a president. Um, you have parliamentary elections, and then the president names the prime minister. And you have presidential elections, and they're not held at the same time. So your turnout's going to be different for the different elections. Um, you don't have a fixed election day in most European countries, in fact, probably all European countries, because they do have a history of being able to dissolve parliament and call new elections. So the, the whole election process is different. You vote for far fewer people. Um, you, know, you don't vote for judges and, and, and chiefs of police and things like that. Um, and again, the, the money, it's just there's, there's no money in it. It's not like billions of dollars spent on an election with, you know, every other ad on TV being a political ad. It, it's a much more coherent thing. And, and I can't see that changing anytime soon into the kind of American free-for-all. Uh, again, as I said, it's mostly publicly funded in most European countries. So which means that you really have, fund, you, you really have spending limits um, that you don't have in the States at all. N yes. Nevertheless, I'm going to, I, I assume it'll be on YouTube, um, the debate tonight. Um, I'm certainly going to watch it tomorrow. Uh, I'm I'm totally stunned that Donald Trump has 30%. But hey, this this is a country that could have put Sarah Palin into the White House. Um, Donald Trump is no less crazy than Sarah Palin. I, honestly, the the two of them they're you know male and female versions of the same crazy. I think. Well, but to be blunt about it, with Donald Trump. It's more complicated than that because he has a real track record as a business person, other than, of course, having a few bankruptcies. Yeah. He's also been a popular reality TV host. Yeah. So he can command public's attention. And despite all the craziness, he's very smart. He's not an idiot. I, he knows he what he's doing, yeah. and he's very calculated about it. But he eats pizza with a fork and a knife. Well, nobody's perfect. You know, it's still funny. I go for a pizza here, and there's a place called Barrow's Pizza, which is Chicago pizza. It's a chain of pizza establishments, Barrow's Pizza. And I go in there, and they give you two slices and a drink for like four and a half dollars. And it's pretty decent pizza, by the way. And if you live in Phoenix, give it a try. Maybe if you're in Chicago, you'll say this is not very, very good pizza, but all right. Go in there, and they hand me a fork. And I say, are you silly? You're handing me a fork? <laughs> Yeah, but Chicago's the deep dish pizza, right? It's a variation. You know, they have, you know, regular thin pizza, deep it's dish. It's like is, Goldberg's in New York. Well, this is not thin. This is like one step above thin. Right. So it's it's like, did you ever eat pizza at Goldberg's in New York? I'm sure I did. 
It's, you know, I'm not a big pizza freak. Ah, okay. So I used to I used to love going to Goldberg's back in the day. It's a deep dish pizza, you know, the smaller, thicker pizzas. And you kind of need to eat that with a knife and fork if you've got a lot of stuff on it. But the reason I mentioned it is, is on The Daily Show some years ago, one of the funniest segments Jon Stewart ever did was when he ragged on Donald Trump for eating pizza with a knife and fork. And it showed up on one of the episodes this week. The, the, the day we're recording on Thursday is the final episode of, of Jon Stewart's tenure on The Daily Show. And it showed up in, in a clip on one of the, the shows. Um, it was really funny. Just some well, John Stewart's from New Jersey. He's not a New Yorker, but really from the New York area, seeing someone eat pizza with a knife and fork is just it's just hilarious. You don't eat pizza like that. I think the Trump thing is interesting. He's got a boatload of money. He's not beholden to anyone. Um, he can do what he wants. He can pay for all the ads he wants. It's a real litmus test to find out if the Republican base is as crazy as people have been saying. My prediction is he's going to be the front runner in the Republican pack until there's three or four of them. And then he's going to say something too stupid um, and he's going to pull out. But I think he's not going to he's not going to crash and burn too early. I think he's going to be around for a long time. The Republicans are trembling over this because they've been trying to turn the Republican Party into something more palatable and get rid of the crazy after, you know, the whole Sarah Palin thing. So they really, really don't like this. You know, most of the Republicans we're trying to run for president are basically centrists with a right-leaning bent in particularly about things like gay marriage and guns and abortion and, and things like that. But for the most part, they're centrists. Whereas Trump is just all over the place. He's radical. He's out of control, as a matter of fact. But like I said, I think it's very calculated. I think he is a consummate actor. He's been on the public yep. stage for like 50 years yep. and he knows what he's doing. And the problem is here, and of course, you're going to hear this after the Fox News debate, but for two hours, they've got 10 candidates and they'll get maybe, what, 10, 11 minutes apiece among a group of questions. Maybe they'll have 30 seconds to give an answer. Now, how many of those people can give good 30 second answers? You can bet Donald Trump knows how, but I don't know about the others and why it's even taken seriously. I mean, it's too early at this point, and it's not a question of whether you're a Republican or a Democratic, whatever your political leanings are here in the USA. It's too early to worry about it right now. Kirk McElhern, where do we find more of your stuff that we don't even have to vote for? You can find me in the usual places. My website is called Kirkville. It's McElhern.com. That's M-C-E-L-H-E-A-R-N.com. And you can find me at Macworld where I write the Ask the iTunes Guy column and plenty of other articles about Macs and iTunes and everything we've talked about except for politics and stock markets. Kirk McElhern, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks for having me once again, Gene. Not just an alternative to the mainstream media. We're the premier independent talk radio network. We are GCN. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. 
Now a twice as nice twin kit special offer from Complete H2O Minerals for all GCN listeners. Get a Complete H2O Minerals twin kit with 33 different minerals, vitamins, and amino acids all in a liquid form. Enough for two people for one month. Regular price $89.95. But now Complete H2O Minerals is offering the twin kit for $69.95. And all GCN listeners receive a bonus 16-ounce bottle of Ionic Silver absolutely free with free shipping. A $120 total value. Hurry, limited time offer. Call 803-794-4767 or click CompleteH2OMinerals.com. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just $19.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV say goodbye to the cable guy cut costs and get more 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com, and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. The human body is more than 60% water. Your brain and muscles are 75% water and your blood is 92% water. Water is vital to your body, and alkalizing your water is the key to keep it running at its best. AlkaVision Plasma pH drops keep your entire body healthy, boosts energy, promotes weight loss, and even fights cancer. Call 800-518-7615 or go to AlkaVision.com to find out more. That's A-L-K-A-Vision.com. Everyone says or does something silly once in a while. But once that embarrassing thing is on the Internet, it can spread like a terrible rash. Put it to rest. Get a free expert analysis today from Reputation.com. It only takes 30 seconds. 800-831-0771. We protect your online image by helping to make sure that when people search for you or your business, they find the most current, accurate information possible. Reputation.com. Because word travels fast. Call for a free analysis today. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg.
We welcome Jim Tannis from Tech Review, somebody who has also been associated with our friends over at Mac Observer. So we're glad to have you on the show. Thanks for joining us. It's my pleasure, Gene. Thanks for having me. All right. Let's look at the site you work for, which is called Tech Review. That's T-E-K-Review, R-E-V-U-E.com. So we'll make sure people get that right. And then you can bookmark it because it's got a lot of great information. And you've got a headline story there that you wrote about Apple Music. Now, to preface this, for those just tuning in, in our discussions with Kirk McElhern, the iTunes guy, we talked about the problems with the confusing interface of Apple Music, some of the bugs, the problems that our old friend Jim Dalrymple had where music mysteriously disappeared because of a setting that kind of reverted itself for the iCloud Music Library. So we know things aren't too pleasant, and it's currently under a 90-day free trial. So the first figures we got, though, on Apple Music came from a third party suggesting over 10 million people. Within days, Apple said, no, it's 11 million people. Now, Jim, you're calling this a lackluster debut. Did you expect it to be a lot higher? I did, and I I really was surprised when Apple announced the service and how they were going to handle the the introduction with this massive, virtually unprecedented free trial for everybody under the sun. All you need is an iTunes account running on a Windows PC or Mac or your one of your iDevices. That's a market of hundreds of millions of people. And it's absolutely free, and it's very easy to sign up. When I heard those third-party numbers of 10 million, I thought, well, that seems off. But then, of course, Eddie Q comes out and says to the USA Today, it's 11 million. So, you know, I'll forgive the third party for that 1 million discrepancy, but that seems very, very low for a completely free service as it stands right now that's very easy to get into and is automatically built in. Because that's the thing, too, is with Spotify and with Pandora and with a lot of Apple Music's competitors, you have to go do something. You have to go to their website. You have to download an app, do something, sign up. With Apple Music, it's built into the latest versions of iOS and iTunes. And so, of course, not everybody keeps the latest versions, but we're still talking hundreds of millions of people have that on their desktop. They've updated, they've kept their computers updated, their phones. It's right there for them. And to only capture 11 million people in about five weeks seems very low to me, and I'm, I'm surprised by that. Let's look at the numbers here. Apple claims to have 800 million iTunes accounts. That's credit card numbers, okay? So it's not that it requires anything special to sign up. The sign-up process is almost instantaneous. I mean, a couple of clicks, a couple of taps to select the plan you want, either the individual or the family, and then you go to it. You don't even have to, as I said, specify a credit card account because you already have one with iTunes, unless there's some issue there where it might bring it up. Otherwise, you choose your musical genres and some artists you like, and you're good to go. You have a 90-day free trial. You don't have to worry about paying until September 30th. On the other hand, you can also turn off auto-renew, so Apple would have to contact you. Now, out of 800 million, 11 million is what, 1.5%? Yeah, about 1.4%. Okay, so I don't know what percentage we should realistically expect, because part of the problem is with something like this, people may routinely do the iOS update, 84 But how many people will notice there's this new thing out there, except for people like you and I who read this stuff? That's definitely a factor, because that's that's the part, being in this industry, as you know, it's hard sometimes to take ourselves out of it and look at it from the perspective of someone who's got better things to worry about. It surprises me, though, because 
they're probably not pushing this as hard as they could, and, and maybe that's part of the fault here. But they are advertising it. It is in the when you ever you update iTunes, there's a splash screen when you launch it for the first time after the update, and this is featured on that screen. Uh, when you update iOS, there's a notice the icon changes color because it's in the music app, so that there's a new icon. It's certainly a, a, a notion that there's some people who don't know, and many maybe many millions of people, but we're still talking in that massive 800 million plus user base. You can only account for so many of those that that just don't know. We're still talking, I would imagine, again, more than 11 million because uh, it's free. It's easy. It's simple. It's three seconds and you're in. I mean, I do have some theories as to why people aren't happy with it, but I just don't understand why there wasn't an initial surge. Well, as I said, I don't know what we should expect. And sure, also I, the I, negative I publicity that it's received because of people having problems. And I specifically mention Jim Dalrymple, who has this widely quoted blog, Why He's Quitting Apple Music. That didn't help. Sure, it didn't. Although, again, uh, I, I looked at guys like Jim, uh, I mean, just a stalwart of this industry. But again, his audience is a very specific, I mean, the people he's speaking to probably already knew about it. They probably would have gone and tried it for themselves regardless. But certainly that tone is out there and maybe people on the periphery of this industry are hearing that you know seeing some of the problems uh the the icloud music library bug in the first couple of days didn't help things certainly but i still don't think that that would explain the gap uh in and of itself because jim like i said jim is probably speaking to people who already knew okay so let's look at that past the early adopters what does apple do to get the word out obviously one thing is to fix the bugs and they have three months to straighten things out, maybe simplify the interface a little bit. But getting out there to reach the masses. So far, the only major advertising I hear of are billboards. They're not mm -hmm. doing TV ads yet. But you think if they're doing TV ads this fall, assuming a lot of the bugs are fixed, that's when you get the real numbers, right? Yeah, that could certainly be the case. The they, they could be holding back until – they could be viewing this as their own test and holding back until the, the quote, real launch when it's a fully paid service. Uh, but you're right. It's been billboards. I mean, I think that the, the single most wide-reaching part or single most wide-reaching story about Apple Music was the Taylor Swift issue a few weeks ago uh, before it launched when Taylor Swift, uh, obviously the very popular pop singer – uh, was upset that Apple wasn't going to pay royalties to the artists for those this free period because there was no revenue being generated. And so she very publicly announced to all her fans how awful this was, and every single major news outlet picked it up. And then Apple, to its credit, responded, and I think responded appropriately. Uh, so... But that was that was a story that reached everywhere. I, I don't think I, I went to a mainstream website in those couple of days where that was happening where it wasn't mentioned. It was on the regular CNN news station. It was on Fox News. It was everywhere. So uh, that could be a, a reason where people got a negative impression at first. But the follow-up from Apple seemed to placate Swift and her followers. I think the other issue is how big is the audience for streaming music? We have Spotify. They have, what, 20 million subscribers and 75 million users because the rest are using the free service. Mm -hmm. And obviously, for Apple to really shine here, they would have to match Spotify with people actually paying after the free trial period is up. Because that's where I think the rubber meets the road here. It's not so much now. 
as it's being introduced, but when people see the bills come due, what percentage of those early adopters are going to keep their subscriptions? I think most will, unless there's a serious problem, because $10 a month may not be a significant factor, or they won't even notice it. I, I think that certainly that will cover a good good chunk of Apple's customers, especially the diehard fans. But you're right, Apple has to beat Spotify. Uh, that's the big kid in town. They've been around. They're a much older company. They've, they came out during an era where what they were offering was very novel in this country, so it had a lot of publicity. It was very popular with younger demographics, and it kind of exploded. But again, nobody just opens up their computer and has Spotify. You have to know about it. You have to go get it. You have to sign up. Apple has the advantage of being built into the pockets of all these hundreds of millions of people, or at least built into their pockets or their desktops or their laptops. If they can't beat Spotify, and I I don't say just beat them, but I mean beat them handily, then that would be considered by, I think, analysts. And, you know, obviously, I know you talk about stocks a lot. That would probably be considered very negative. With all of their built-in advantages, you know, matching Spotify and if not beating them on price when you factor in the family plan, having virtually the same catalog, having the iTunes and the Siri integration, and having that instant install base. Those are huge advantages. And so it's, it's going to have to eventually reach that point. I would say give it six months. And if we're not seeing it after six months, I think people, analysts in particular, are going to get very worried. I think Apple will spend a lot for advertising. We have Jim Tannis. He's from Tech Review. More to come on the Tech Night Out Live. Free from the shackles of corporate America, we're the place for independent thinkers. GCN. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state in back taxes, you know they'll never stop coming after you. With bank levies, wage garnishments, they'll even seize your home or business. The good news? A government program for tax debt forgiveness. It's called the Fresh Start Initiative. I'm Paul Sibley. With U.S. Tax Shield, we can help navigate the new laws, get you protected, and resolve your tax issues permanently. Call the experts at U.S. Tax Shield now for your free consultation and get a guaranteed quote to resolve your case. Call 800-436-6451. That's 800-436-6451. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. If you're worried about your health and you're tired of the nasty side effects of harsh drugs or antibiotics, then look no further. 
Supernatural Silver is the answer. Supernatural Silver is a powerful immune system enhancer that can be used every day to help keep you healthy and well with none of those nasty side effects. It's extremely safe for use internally as well as topically. And Supernatural Silver is hundreds of times more effective than colloidal or ionic silver. It is perfect for use in the sinuses, eyes, ears, and on any wound or skin issue. Supernatural Silver is also extremely effective when taken orally and can help fight off bacteria, viruses, and mold that may be overwhelming your immune system. Go to SupernaturalSilver.com SupernaturalSilver.com and use the promo code SILVER2015 for 30% off of your entire order and give yourself and your loved ones a fighting chance with Supernatural Silver. Did you know that drinking pure, high-alkaline water is one of the most important factors in maintaining high-energy and vibrant health? Most experts agree that the water you drink should be at a pH level of 8 or higher. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops, available only at AlkaVision.com, combine a unique formula of only the most alkaline minerals. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops alkalize your water, ridding the body of harmful toxins, and helps you regain health and energy. Alkalizing your water by simply adding 10 drops of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops helps Helps the body rid itself of acidic waste, increases oxygen content, and raises the pH of your body to healthy levels. And bacteria and viruses cannot survive in an alkaline high pH environment. Order your bottle of AlkaVision Plasma pH drops for only $29.95 at AlkaVision.com. That's A-L-K-A-Vision.com. Or call 269-409-1776. 269-409-1776. Alkalize your body. Supercharge your health at AlkaVision.com today. You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle, live with Gene Steinberg. This is the Tech Night Isle Live. I'm Gene Steinberg. We have Jim Tannis of Tech Review, and we're talking about the early reception to Apple Music. 11 million, Jim regards it as tepid, but the real test will be after six months, by the end of the year. After the holidays, people have all their new iGadgets. How many will sign up to get Apple Music? How many will keep their subscriptions? The benchmark so far, as we've said, is Spotify with 20 million, 75 million free users. That's, I guess, their figures, not anybody else's figures, but that's the ones they give. Now, correct me if I'm wrong here. Spotify is currently existing on venture capital. They haven't really shown a profit yet, have they? I believe that's correct. I don't know the details of their financials, but they're not standing on the kind of financial grounds that a company like Apple or, or Google would. So Apple doesn't have to make money from Apple Music. They can break even, and they're happy with it because their goal is not to sell music subscriptions. Their goal is to sell gear, whereas Spotify either makes money on subscriptions or doesn't make money. Absolutely. And that's Apple's huge advantage because people like to think I'm 32. So I grew up with Apple. A lot of people did. I like to think of Apple still as this company that makes all these great products, computers and tablets now and phones and it's great software, but they're not. Apple is the iPhone company. Every single quarterly report, that chunk gets bigger and more imposing in terms of their revenue and their profits. And so everything they do is viewed through what can support the iPhone. And so not only do they not have to make money, I can see them, if they feel that this is important, I can see them very easily losing money intentionally to drive this 
market adoption to get the user base up. Because that's I also expect important. to see a lot of advertising, especially this fall and during the holiday season. Yeah. Absolutely. And they'll advertise the specials, not just the Beats One music channel, which you can get free. You don't need to have Apple Music. But we're talking here about the exclusive deals with artists. Emphasize that. The new Dr. Dre album, the fact that they've got the 1989 album from, from Taylor Swift. You see why I can't remember that her name is because I never listened to her music. I realize she's hugely popular. She's won Grammy Awards as a singer and songwriter. I just don't get it. But, you know, that's me. No, it's, I understand we're in the same boat. Uh, we're the, the, the society and what's cool and hip is passing us by. And remember, I'm quite a bit older than you are, Jim. So imagine you're 32. You're just a couple of three years older than my son, Grayson. And I don't think he likes Taylor Swift either. All right. Now, let's just talk about this and we'll get into other subjects. With regard to Apple Music, what's your reception so far to the way it's done, do you think Apple's done correctly? Do you think they could fix things? Have you had problems? Yeah, and so that's really it for me. Is Let's, let's put aside the numbers. Let's put aside the bugs because I, I'll forgive some early bugs. I understand you know, that that can be very frustrating, but you know, whenever you're launching something like this, there's going to be bugs. So I'll put that all aside. When you get right down to the core of the service, for me personally, I don't find it very good. It's excellent if I say, okay, I know what I want to listen to. I want this artist's catalog, and I haven't bought it on iTunes, and I don't have the CD that I've previously ripped, so I'm just going to search for it in the Apple Music section of the, of the, uh, the app, and I can get the whole catalog, and I can listen to the tracks I want. That's great. But every other service does that, uh, or at least every other on-demand service. Where I really love these services, and I started with Pandora, which is a very different type of service. It's only radio, uh, or not, I guess, custom radio, custom, custom playlist. But I started with them, and then I moved to Spotify, and they both do really excellent discovery. So I, instead of me saying I want to listen to this particular artist, I give them an artist I want, and I say, figure out what else I might, you think I might like based on what, I, what I've told you I like. And I get these great radio stations. And sometimes it doesn't quite mesh up, and that's fine. But more often than not, I discover great new songs, great new artists, or even songs I already know, but they're, they're, they fit the mood, they fit the playlist that this, this service has created for me. I've tried that in, in iTunes, and it's just not working for me. And I don't know, maybe my account is corrupt or something on their server, because I've tried loving songs, which is the action of clicking the little heart that tells Apple that you like this particular song. I've tried playing a whole bunch of tracks uh, in a row, not because I wanted to listen to them, but because I wanted Apple Music to think that this is the music I want. And still, for me, it's not producing anything close to the type of music that I'm interested in, unlike the competitors like, like Spotify and, and Pandora. Now, I can sympathize with you. There's an option in music for iOS where you can basically say you don't want to include this as part of your favorite songs. But there's no option like that. There's no right-click menu or control-click that you can use to kind of unselect music. So we have situations here where under For You, it gets most of it right, but then it throws in some anomalies. So, for yeah. example, Petula Clark, oh, why would I want that? Why would I want Tom Jones or Barry Manilow, even though I specifically said I don't like those? But it keeps trying to enforce that upon me. I think maybe it's 90% correct, though, because I'm seeing that phase out, and I'm seeing more and more artists that I do like. And my tastes are eclectic. They go back to the 60s. They go back earlier than that to include Frank Sinatra, 
which it does get. It also includes some more modern stuff. Yeah, that's interesting that you'd say 90, because I, I feel definitely less than that. I mean, it's not 100% wrong. It's probably 50 to 60% for me. And the funny thing, and I mentioned this in the article at the site, is for some reason, Apple thinks I love the hip-hop artist Drake. I, I, I listened to one Drake song on the service very early on because it was one of the top new songs. And I don't, I don't have anything against Drake, but he's not my music. He's not my style that I prefer. And they just are obsessed with it. And so um, the For You page for me has three playlists filled with Drake and his collaborations and all his mixes. And, and then whenever I play some of the iTunes radio stations, it's filling in with all these Drake songs. And maybe it's, it's my account. Maybe some on some server in North Carolina where my account information is stored, some file got locked and it's not being updated with my changes. It's hard to know. I just think it's going to be something that Apple has to adjust. And that's a big problem with Apple which is online services. And it's always been. From the earliest days, iTools, .Mac, MobileMe, iCloud, Apple has always had problems with the servers. They're flaky. Things don't work right. Things don't sync. Now, in all fairness, I just read an article the other day about somebody who's having problems with Windows 10 and syncing stuff and going back to Windows 8.1. Imagine that. So it's not just Apple's platform. But as Apple gets bigger and bigger, I guess they have to work overtime to fix the cloud-based issues. And this is where we see problems with Apple Music, not just where the For You section doesn't really find the stuff for me. It's other issues. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, 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 online services have been, have been an issue for Apple, like you said, from the beginning. And it's it's something that they've struggled with. And I think that that we may be seeing part of that here. Some of it is just that who knows what algorithms they're using and what curation process, but that'll get better over time. Uh, for a long time, Apple, because Apple had such a huge growth curve. I mean, they grew so explosively after the iPhone. And they operated for such a long time as the small kind of I don't want to call it a startup, but they operated as a much smaller company. And they you see it now with Tim Cook's leadership in the last three or four years. They're, they're finally starting to acknowledge the impact that they're having and that that requires a lot more work on the back end. They're building out these new server farms. They're, they're partnering with Microsoft for Azure-backed platforms. You know, they're taking this online and reliability uh, aspects of their business much more seriously, but it's not, not there yet. There's also an issue here, too, where cloud services of this sort are still pretty new. There's no built-in technology. It's people learning as they go along. And we do see problems with, as I said, Microsoft. Sometimes Amazon has problems, less so with Google. But still a new technology, and a lot of it, maybe it's seat of the pants. I have no idea. They are inventing things as they go along. And when Apple is asking its systems to do some very complicated things, for people who are using Apple Music, using iTunes Match, App Store, Mac App Store, something's got to give. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's what we've experienced for sure. Uh, that that the, the something's got to give, and we we say, okay, well, that's that's what it is, and hopefully they'll do it better next time. I think though, Apple has to be careful, especially now that they are branching more into enterprise with this. IBM deal that has been announced. You know, they obviously they've been partnering with IBM on apps, and they're starting a, a deployment deal with them. Uh, you know, Microsoft gets a lot of uh, criticism, and and a lot of it is justified. But uh, Apple's 
issues that they've had with cloud and with sync and with just software reliability in the last few years, those are issues that can't fly in the enterprise. And so it's going to be interesting to see if these new deals, as, as enterprise finally starts to become at least a noticeable blip on Apple's radar, whether or not they, they adapt to that, whether or not that becomes, uh, you know, reliability and uptime and things like that become uh, something that is a core focus for them. Jim Tannis of Tech Review joins the Tech Night Eye Live. I'm Gene Steinberg. More to come. Not just an alternative to the mainstream media. We're the premier independent talk radio network. We are GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. Mike Stennerson from Midas Resources. At no time in history have precious metals been more important, certainly not in my 22 years in the industry. The dollar has lost over 90% of its value in the last 60 years. No fiat currency has ever survived the government printing presses. Ours is not immune. The time is now to be proactive. 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. Anything tied to the dollar is at risk. CDs, annuities, 401ks, IRAs, stocks, bonds, you name it, so decide. Do you want to leave a legacy of wealth or debt for your family? The choice is yours. Call me at 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. That's 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. Be proactive, not reactive. Call 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We have Jim Tannis of Tech Review. That's T-E-K-R-E-V-U-E.com. And we've been talking so far about Apple, about cloud-based services, Apple music and some of the issues that have arisen. And now let's move to that other platform that he covers. And that, of course, is Windows. We have Windows 10. And just this week, as a matter of fact, I can ask you about that first. Just this week, Microsoft released a service patch of some sort with unknown bug fix updates. So this is the first thing that came out a week after the original Windows 10 release. Do we know anything more about this update? They haven't really gone into details yet that I've seen, at least. Um, but it's, I think using the term service pack is a little bit misleading because 
this is something new, and this is something part of the new sort of constant upgrade cycle. Uh, so Microsoft of old, they would release patches. They had Patch Tuesday, the second Tuesday of every month, and they would you know, release them on a schedule. This was for mostly for the benefit of their business customers. And then every now and then they'd roll all of them up, plus some maybe some additional features into a service pack. And that was the standard for Windows through Windows 7. Windows 8 changed things a little bit. They really didn't do service packs. They did sort of these broad updates. So you had update, you know, 8.1 with update, as they called it. Very confusing nomenclature, but they, they changed the game. And then now with Windows 10, the, the goal is we're not going to have versions anymore. We're just going to have constant updates. And so what, what, we, what we had this week was a, a service roll-up. It, it wasn't a service pack. It was basically a combination of all the fixes that had come before from the last few weeks after the code was finalized through the launch and then the first week bugs, and then a couple things that Microsoft hasn't hasn't detailed yet. But that's what's going to happen going forward. We're not going to get these major releases. We're going to be a constant stream of fixes as things come up. And uh, and then every now and then there'll be new features, and Microsoft will detail those, of course. But the, the days of the Surface Pack are gone. Uh, that's causing some confusion for people who are used to that kind of, uh, that kind of uh, system. Now, I can see this causing havoc for system admins who want to bring Windows 10 to the enterprise because they like predictability. And if you have regular releases to test, they can do that. But when you get these rolling releases, which could be mixtures of bug fixes and new features, each one has to be separately tested before being deployed out to a network because you never know what's going to go wrong. So how's that going to be handled? That was the big question in the weeks leading up to the launch because Microsoft had made some some indications early on in the testing of Windows, so this was like late last year, that updates were going to be mandatory. Everybody freaked out because you're right, exactly. In in an enterprise environment, in a mission-critical environment, you can't just have users installing updates. You can't just push stuff without testing it. Uh, So that that was, there was some concern there. What, what, What it turns out to be, though, is that Microsoft has sort of switching or, or bifurcating the the rollout plan. So you've got home users and small business users. They're going to have to take updates. Now, they can defer them. If you're on Windows 8.1 Pro, you can defer options. There's a checkbox in your settings that allows you to defer them. That doesn't mean you can't take them. It just means you can wait. Uh, depending on the update, it's anywhere, I think, from 45 days to eight months. Uh, so you can wait and test it and make sure it's it's not going to break anything. And then on the enterprise side, now Windows 10 Enterprise is not part of this free update thing that they're doing. It's a product that's going to go out to their volume licensed customers. And if you're a new customer, you're going to have to pay for it. That version of Windows lets their customers defer updates virtually forever. Uh, There's a point at which Microsoft can say, you don't get new features because we just can't add new features if we don't know the, the base platform that you're operating with because you haven't given it, you haven't applied any updates. But as long as that enterprise is, is okay with issuing those new features, they can roll on their Windows 10 installations on their on their networks indefinitely. Uh, so that's the solution is, is, is the big enterprises where this is very important are going to have that option. The smaller businesses where this can still be very important are going to be able to, de- to delay uh, if they're on 8.1 Pro. But not forever, you know. Again, for we're talking days, you know, thirty days to maybe eight months, depending on the the size and the scope of the update. Do you think this complexity is going to cause businesses to think, you know, what? Let's just stay with Windows Seven. It certainly could. Although I think Microsoft, I, I haven't personally uh, talked to them about this, but the some of my uh, old colleagues from when I worked in, in enterprise IT, they are telling me that Microsoft has been very uh, hands on with them. 
uh, they don't want another XP situation where you've got millions of customers running out-of-date software. So there, there's been a lot of very positive outreach to try to walk them through, uh, figure out what concerns they have. But you're, you're right. It, it, this could be something where uh, if, if you're running a, an XP or, or excuse me, a Windows 7 infrastructure and everything's fine, Windows 7 is going to be supported, I think, through 2020. So you've got time. Eventually, though, something has to give because the, the historic problem with Windows was that nobody updated. It wasn't that Windows was insecure. I mean, yes, there are in, inherent insecurities in Windows, inherent vulnerabilities. But the major problem was that people weren't updating. Microsoft was finding these bugs. They were patching them and people weren't applying them. So Microsoft's approach now is we're going to force the patch on you because your inconvenience is less important than worldwide security. Uh, and now we'll have to see how that that approach plays out in the long term. But I think they've they've struck a pretty decent, a pretty reasonable balance here where you're going to take the update if you're a regular user or a small business user, but you do have time uh, to work it out and make sure it's going to work with your current configuration. Well, they will also have to be as proactive as possible in communicating to their customers when there's a problem with an update. Say, look, maybe hold off on that update a little bit. Yeah, that's been an issue because, and this wasn't just now with the Windows 10 launch. During the Windows 8 era, there were several Patch Tuesdays that came and introduced huge problems. I mean, like shutting down servers in hospital kind of problems. And it was a big disaster, and people got fired, and, and Microsoft uh, came in and, and changed some of their teams for quality control. Uh, but it, you know, with the old release cycle, Microsoft was going to release it on a schedule, so they had time to test. Now it's, we figured it out, let's get it out there. They're going to have to make sure that they're they're allocating the appropriate resources to test because Windows, unlike OS 10, Windows is a hugely diverse ecosystem. There's all kinds of software and hardware and peripherals that can be running, and uh, they have to they have to make sure if they're going down this road that they're testing thoroughly, uh, or else because all it's going to take is one early disaster to completely sour public perception on Windows 10, just like it was with Windows 8. And Microsoft, on a consumer standpoint and on a business standpoint, can't afford that again. All right, let's look into some other things about Windows 10. And one of the 10-pole features is the Start menu. And you think, Start menu, that's something that's been part of Windows for 20 years. Why is that a big deal? It's because they kind of messed it up with Windows 8 and didn't do much better with Windows 8.1. Now, we had some of this discussion last week when we talked to Mark Spoonauer over at Laptop Magazine. But I wanted, I wanted Jim Tannis to give us his interpretation. Okay, before we do that, though, I wanted you to give me your interpretation about the start menu and the way they and the way they killed it. Do you think that's maybe one of their worst decisions? Yes, and it's actually really funny how this all came about. So the the, the history of this is 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 well, funny might be the wrong word because there's some people's jobs here, but it's interesting. So go go all the way back to Vista. Vista was a disaster. It was a delayed operating system. Um, Microsoft was working on one path for Vista, and then OS X Tiger came out, and it totally floored them. They were completely unprepared for what Apple did with Tiger. So they went back to the drawing board, they started over, and what finally came out was was bloated. It had some really interesting features, but it wasn't properly implemented. It was hard on the hardware, uh, bloated and slow. A, a, A big black eye for Microsoft. So then uh, former Microsoft executive Stephen Sanofsky, he comes in and he saves the day. He's a, he heads up the team that eventually produces Windows Seven, and Windows Seven, as if you've used it, it's a very 
traditional version of Windows. I mean, the Windows Vista didn't lose the start menu or anything, but but Windows 7 was a highly refined, very fast, very optimized version of Windows, and everybody loved it. It's, it's widely considered to be an excellent version of the operating system. And so that gave Sanofsky a lot of power. And he says, okay, well, now we're going to do something different. I'm going to cash in on all that capital I just generated, that political capital, and, and we're going to do Windows 8. And so he and his core team got together and wanted to revolutionize Windows and redesign it for a mobile future. Let's do, let's discuss this after our break. Almost sounds like President George Bush in a second term wanting to spend some of his political capital in privatizing Social Security. A little bit, yes. (laughs) Jim Tannis has joined us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. If you're worried about your health and you're tired of the nasty side effects of harsh drugs or antibiotics, then look no further. Supernatural Silver is the answer. Supernatural Silver is a powerful immune system enhancer that can be used every day to help keep you healthy and well with none of those nasty side effects. It's extremely safe for use internally as well as topically. And Supernatural Silver is hundreds of times more effective than colloidal or ionic silver. It is perfect for use in the sinuses, eyes, ears, and on any wound or skin issue. Supernatural Silver is also extremely effective when taken orally and can help fight off bacteria, viruses, and mold that may be overwhelming your immune system. Go to SupernaturalSilver.com, SupernaturalSilver.com, and use the promo code SILVER2015 for 30% off of your entire order and give yourself and your loved ones a fighting chance with Supernatural Silver. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you. People seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com, and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. 
Are you tired of commuting to a job that makes someone else rich, working harder than ever, but getting nowhere? Do you hate spending hundreds of dollars every week on daycare, having someone else raise your children? With our opportunities, you can start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss, work from home, and live a happier life. At Be The Boss Network, you'll find hundreds of work-from-home opportunities that you can literally start today and be earning money as soon as next week. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss. Get out of the rat race. Work from home. Go to freedom106.com right now and change your life today. That's freedom106.com. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You be the boss. Go to freedom106.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. So we have the Windows guy at Microsoft deciding Windows 8, they're going to fully embrace the mobile revolution. And this is something that didn't work out quite the way they planned. That's an understatement. Yeah. It, so they understood that obviously touch interfaces were, were, were coming on strong. This is between 2010 and 2012. So the iPad is in the market. Touch devices are, 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 are a thing. Consumers are getting used to them. So they, they wanted to create an interface that could still run the old legacy apps, because they needed to. They needed to support their existing customers. But they wanted this, this new thing. And they, they initially called it Metro, but then there was a lawsuit over the name. And they ended up with basically the, the Windows 8-style UI apps, which were a touch, big squares, uh, tiles, they called them, very touch-centric, no start menu. Start menu is gone. And so what you had to do, whether you were on a touch device or on a desktop, was put these tiles on your start screen, which was the option, the name of the thing that replaced the start menu, a full screen menu. And then you could do things like swipe in from the right to get preferences. And, and they basically, they took all the familiar interface of the old traditional windows that had been around for 20 years, and they put it into this, this very new, completely redesigned paradigm of, of interacting with a computer or with a computing device. And it worked okay on touch. Wasn't that bad. Desktop, a disaster. Customers uh, just were very upset. Nobody upgraded. The early reviews came out, and they they just panned it. Just, it was a total backlash against this this new design. And so Sanofsky he gets kicked uh, kicked out. He leaves Microsoft uh, under pressure, and Terry Meyerson comes in. Terry Meyerson is now the uh, chief of both Windows Desktop and Windows uh, for mobile. So he comes in. He says, "We got to fix this." Now they couldn't fix everything right away. So they came out with Windows 8.1, and that made things a little better because you could boot to the desktop. You had more control with right-click menus. You could access the full-screen apps from your taskbar. So for traditional users used to a desktop Windows, it was a little bit more familiar, but it wasn't quite there. And so that was their, their sort of Band-Aid on what Sanofsky had done. And then they started the real process of fixing it, quote, fixing it. And that's Windows 10. 
And so Windows 10 gets rid of that full screen interface for the desktop. It's still accessible in a touch device on a tablet if you want. But you're back to the desktop. That's the default computing environment. And the start menu returns because all the uh, enterprise customers, all the longtime users, they just couldn't wrap their heads around a start screen. So we get the start menu back. But live tiles and all these things that Windows 8 did weren't 100% bad. It was basically they just took all these ideas and they threw them at, every, threw them at the customers at once and it was too much. So there are some, some good ideas from Windows 8 in terms of UI. And so Microsoft wanted to continue that design strategy, that interface strategy. And so they've blended them together. And if you go and you look at a screenshot of the Windows 10 start menu, you've got what looks to be a very familiar start menu on the left. And then these icons, these tiles on the right, which uh, may be new to you if you skip Windows 8. And those are thankfully optional. You can turn them off. You don't have to see them. But if you want to go down that road, if you want to run what are now called universal apps, that's going to be the preferred method of interacting with them. So it's sort of blending the two worlds, taking what what worked but wasn't well executed in Windows 8 and applying it to a more familiar framework in Windows 10. Now, I understand still that some of these start menu add-ons are still flourishing in Windows 10 because people don't even want the tiles. They want it to be just like it was before. Yeah, there's a there's a, a couple of them. My favorite, the preferred one, is called Classic Shell. And this has been around since, I think, Vista. And this basically overrides the existing Windows uh, start menu. So this again, this would work in 7 and 8 and now in 10. And it gives you basically the start menu that how it looked in Windows XP or Windows uh, NT or Windows 2000. So the professional versions of Windows around the turn of the century. And you can customize it. But for a lot of power users, a lot of users who learned Windows years ago and they don't want to change, this is an option for you. And it works very, very well. It's very low on system resources. And uh, there's some other uh, options. I think one of them from Stardock is called Start 8. And so that's another option. It's a, it costs money, but it's it gives you some some ability to tweak the interface. Uh, so that's really you know and that's what I like about Windows. That's one of the the positive things is Microsoft did something you don't maybe maybe you don't like it. There's almost certainly going to be a third party utility out there that erases it for you, that does away with it and replaces it with something you prefer. Now you did an article about the history of the Start menu, from Windows ninety five through Windows ten, twenty years of the Start menu. So maybe you can tell us how this thing came to be, and how it changed over the years. We understand the decisions about Windows 8 and 8.1 and what's being done with the hybrid version in Windows 10. Let's go back through time. (laughs) Sure. So if you're old enough to remember, Windows 95 was a huge event. Prior to that, we were using uh, Windows uh, for workgroups, Windows NT, which was a a very, uh, well, now we look at it as as archaic, but it's uh, a, a tiled, multitasking interface, but with, with tiles very similar to early versions of, of uh, Mac OS. With Windows 95, Microsoft wanted to change the game, and they ran a huge marketing campaign. I'm from Buffalo, and I remember going up to Toronto in that summer, and they had a huge banner down the CN Tower with Windows 95, and they had Martina McBride, the country music singer, being you know marketing and being there at the face of their campaign. And they produced a god-awful video with Matthew Perry and Jennifer Aniston from Friends, in which they're it's sort of a sitcom style where they're looking and learning about the new start menu. But basically, Microsoft, they pushed this very hard, and they wanted it to be a much more intuitive way to access multitasking desktop interface and start 
was a great word to use to, to sort of exemplify that, you know, start here, click start. In its very early iterations, it was very simple. You start to shut down your computer or restart it. You could use it to access a list of your programs, your user documents, and you could use it to do things like uh, access the run menu, which was a more advanced Windows command that most consumers didn't need, but, but it was there. Uh, very, very simple. But of course, as Windows grew and you went to Windows 98 and then Windows Me and Windows 2000, and as, as, as things grew, the internet became a much bigger thing. It started to grow and it became, instead of just a quick place to launch your programs and to access basic functions, it became sort of a, a favorites, like a, a way to pin things. Uh, earlier or later versions of the, the menu, in, starting with like XP, it was two menus. You'd click on it and it was a double paned width. And you had your programs and all the usual stuff on the one side. And on the other side were shortcuts to your favorite applications. And it, it became the way that Windows users interacted with the operating system. And that's why it was so bonded to the experience and so distressing for longtime users, when that all went away, you know, every user used the start menu to go to their programs, to go to control panel, to run Windows Update. And in Windows 8, that disappeared overnight. It was shocking for the customers who didn't know it was coming and didn't have the skills to, or the time to figure out how to do, you know, how to replace those functions. Now, I'm going to ask you a few things about Windows start menu and a couple of sidelights in our next segment. We have Jim Tannis from Tech Review. That's a T E K R E V U E dot com where he hangs out. And we're continuing our discussion with Windows 10 on the Tech Night Out Live. We are the premier independent talk radio network. The Genesis Communications Network. G-C-N. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Healthy, organic, fresh fish, robust, mouth-watering vegetables, all from your home. It's called aquaponics. This brilliant, self-sustaining protein and veggie system is perfect for year-round growing. Know exactly where your food is coming from. Aquaponicsource.com is the one-stop shop for all your needs. Fish, fish food, plumbing, full systems, classes, and more. Learn to build your own system. Go to aquaponicsource.com for a free guide to aquaponics. That's aquaponicsource.com. Why do over 50% of North Americans suffer from some form of chronic ailment? Could it be due to a toxic overload? It's time to take back your life. Get the lead out as well as the cadmium, mercury, and calcium. Extendivite is a garlic cayenne supplement with five other herbs that acts like a natural Drano, cleaning out the stored toxins, restoring your energy and youthfulness that we've lost. If you would like to live your life free of sickness, pain, or fear, then Extendivite is for you. Available in either capsules or liquid, you too can see why Extendivite is the number one heart drop available. To order, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit our website 
at HeartDrop.com. Extend your life with ExtendoVite. Gold. It's like nothing else on Earth. From the Romans through the Renaissance, from the Industrial Age to the Space Age, gold has weathered the test of time. For 6,000 years, gold has remained the ultimate store of wealth. According to the World Gold Council and the U.S. Mint, demand is at an all-time high. The stage is being set for the reemergence of gold as the common-sense alternative to a fiat paper currency that gets weaker every day. Midas Resources is proud to offer the hard-hitting report that arms you with the truth you need to protect you and your family from the Fed's plans for your hard-earned money. Don't gamble with your future. Call Midas Resources today and ask for your free copy of As Good As Gold. Call 1-800-686-2237 for the report the Fed hopes you'll never see. As Good As Gold can be yours by calling 800-686-2237. If you have ever thought about owning gold, you must read this report. Call Midas today at 800-686-2237. Everyone says or does something silly once in a while. But once that embarrassing thing is on the internet, it can spread like a terrible rash. Put it to rest. Get a free expert analysis today from Reputation.com. It only takes 30 seconds. 800-831-0771. We protect your online image by helping to make sure that when people search for you or your business, they find the most current, accurate information possible. Reputation.com. Because word travels fast. Call for a free analysis today. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. It's a terrifying thought. You're trapped somewhere without a radio and no access to GCN shows. A doctor's office. The DMV. Your mother-in-law's. Come on, stay for dinner. That's what makes the newly redesigned GCN Live app a true lifesaver. Listen to your favorite GCN hosts and programming on your smartphone wherever you are. Download yours free on iTunes or Google Play. The new GCN Live app. Don't leave home without it. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. We have Jim Tannis joining us for the first time in the Tech Night Isle Live for the final two segments. Dealing with now Windows 10, the history of the start menu. Now, I remember famously in the introduction to Windows 95, Microsoft licensed the song Start Me Up by the Rolling Stones. Yes, they did. Now, when I heard that, I thought, you know, it's kind of, kind of doesn't connect. Microsoft, the staid, stodgy company with the Rolling Stones, the perennial rebels. And then there's a lyric and start me up, which is as follows. You make a grown man cry. All right? Yeah. you don't hear that <laughs> when they play the song. It's only a few seconds of it in the commercials. And so we Mac users at the time laughed at that saying, listen, they missed that. Of course you cry when you try to use Windows. Yeah, it's not the first time that's happened, of course. We've, 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 there's examples of politicians who are very establishment using anti-establishment songs at their rallies there's uh i mean actually within windows itself i believe it was either the windows 95 or the windows 98 installer had music and as you're waiting and at the, in those days installing windows was a whole day process the song i think was and i don't recall the exact song but the lyrics were how long are you going to keep on waiting <laughs> and so it was just some some poor planning on microsoft's part there but uh like I said, this was a company that was riding high uh, 
ready to launch what it felt was a new era of computing. Apple was suffering uh, relative uh, in terms of financials and market share. Somebody, some marketing person didn't, didn't think it all the way through. Well, they got the first part right, at least. Yeah, they said, oh, there's a great, this is a song about start. Perfect. I, I don't need to listen to the rest of it. Let's just pay the Rolling Stones their fee. Yep. And do it. And this is really part of the problem here. I remember those commercials they ran for a bit of time with Bill Gates and who was it, Jerry Seinfeld? Yeah, there was a couple of oh, really Oh, yeah, they ran a couple of these things trying to make Bill Gates warm and funny and fuzzy and didn't quite work. Yeah, that was the, I think that was in the lead up to the seven, Windows 7 launch were those commercials. And those were, those were weird. And they weren't on the air very long. They, they pulled those quickly. They didn't test very well. Then we had the commercials for the Surface tablet where the clicking sound makes when you pull out the stand, the kickstand, they use that to generate this bunch of dancing, prancing people from off-Broadway jumping around on tables, and this was supposed to make you warm, fuzzy, and happy about the Surface tablet. Yeah, exactly. I wrote. I saw that ad for the first time. They were running it in movie theaters. Uh, there was a, it was a longer ad, and then they, they uh, truncated it for television, and I, I was with my wife, and I, I, I sat through it, and I, I looked at her. I said, I, I mean, she looked at me, too. She said, what was that about? I said, I have no idea. I just, I, the Surface, you know, the Surface was a flawed product, but it had some really good ideas about it. And they chose to waste time dancing. I mean, I guess they, they, they were looking at what Apple did with iPod. And, you know, those ads were nothing but dancing. It was dancing with your iPod. These are the old ones with the, uh, the colored background and the silhouettes dancing in front of them. But those were effective because it was popular music and it was something completely new. And it, it was coming from a company that was already viewed as hip, not, uh, not your father in a business suit trying to you know, dance at a wedding or something. Like also, Microsoft remember, was the suit. iPod was a music player. That's true, too. It, exactly. It fit the, fit the whole uh, point of that product line. Whereas, I mean, I mean I'll, certainly Microsoft wanted the Surface to be a consumer device, too. It ended up being primarily, in the small success it had, it was in business mostly. But it was, you know, tech marketing has some highlights and some, some lowlights, so to speak. And, and that, that was certainly one of, or not one of the fire moments. What do you think Microsoft nailed with Windows 10? What do you think they kind of missed on? Well, I think they nailed it in the sense that they responded. They, they listened to the consumers who said, I am not going forward without my start menu. And they responded to that. And, and I'm not sure that Steven Sanofsky or former, you know, a former era of Microsoft executives would have necessarily embraced that so quickly. Uh, so that's that's interesting. That's good. I think they nailed it with the free giveaway, although how they're doing it is a little complicated. It's For most average users, if you're running Windows 7 or Windows 8, uh, you, you can just down. You can get it from. There'll be an icon in your Start menu, or you can manually go and download the uh, installer file, and and it's completely free. And it upgrades your device for the life of the device, and that's great. But there's some quirks about uh, how they're doing it with activation for people who make hardware changes. Like if you build your own computers and you change your motherboard, well now you don't get your Windows anymore. That's uh, uh, not perfect, but I think that that addressing you know Apple really forced their hand on this. Apple gives it away for free, and I hear lots of people say, well, see, why, why can't Microsoft do that? And the reality is they're completely different companies with completely different revenue models. But Apple, by creating the impression that 
software updates are free, uh, kind of put the onus on Microsoft to come up with something. And I think that the way they did it was about as good as you can expect. You know, we're going to give everybody the, the free upgrade now. And going forward, you know, from then on, after your computer dies, you'll have to buy a new computer and you'll just get Windows that way or you can go and buy a new, a new license. So that's good. Uh, but I think that, that for me personally, and that I think that's going to be the most beneficial for users going forward with Microsoft is that they maintain, this isn't really a Windows 10 thing, this is a Windows 8 thing, because of all the criticism Windows 8 got, from a security and stability standpoint, they nailed it. It was rock solid, and they've continued that platform, that foundation, uh, into Windows 10. And so the days of blue screens of death and viruses running rampant, uh, they're still going to happen because there's all. I mean, if computer, if a user plugs the wrong kind of hardware into their computer, it's, it's probably going to cause an issue. But, but the way you know, if, if you're if you're operating your computer within reasonable limitations, it's a much it's a faster operating system. It's more lightweight. It takes up less space on the install. Uh, runs better on on the similar hardware than did Windows Seven, and so they've created a very good environment uh, that really competes well with Apple in terms of, you know, if I want to sit down, forget software, forget company uh, loyalties. If I want to sit down and I want to edit a video or write a novel or do something, uh, Windows 10 as a platform from a security and stability standpoint uh, is just as good as Apple. uh, And they've really closed that gap, which could not have been said just a few generations earlier. Now, Microsoft provides its own malware protection. Do you need third-party stuff anymore? You d- I, I don't think you do. Uh, I don't run it. Uh, there are some advantages if you're in a networked environment uh, or if you're constantly having uh, viruses uh, or sorry, constantly having emails that are prone to contain viruses come passing through your system. Uh, Windows, through things like BitLocker and things like uh, Windows Defender, it's going to protect your system from getting infected in most cases, but it's not going to stop the flow of viruses through your email account. And so if, you, uh, if you're in that kind of situation, there are some good op- uh, options from uh, Kaspersky and um, ESET and you know, some of these companies. I wouldn't recommend Norton or McAfee because they've become a little too bloated in recent editions. But there are some good third-party options that will protect other users. Um, but I haven't run an antivirus on my computer in well, since Windows 8, so 2012, and I haven't had a problem. Uh, so I don't think it's necessary, uh, certainly not as necessary as it once was. Now, of course, we have the big news being the Edge browser. The presence of Internet Explorer is still there. There's still a version of it optionally available, but we have this brand-new browser, and it's supposed to be leaner and meaner, and some people say it's leaner and meaner because there are fewer features. But also, there's the claim here of better adherence to web standards and also the claim that it's more stable, it's speedier, it's safer. Those of you wondering, by the way, what's going on, we're having one of those rare rainstorms in Arizona that is so intense you can hear it in the background. So, of course, this is giving you the incredible spontaneity. I'm going to talk with Jim Tannis more about Windows 10, about Microsoft, about Microsoft extending its presence on other platforms with their apps, with more features, more to come on the Tech Night Out Live. We are America's 
largest independently owned communications network, GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. Virtually anyone can hack your cell phone and track your calls, your texts, your emails, your every movement, but only if they can detect a signal. Stay one step ahead of hackers and Big Brother with a Block It Pocket, a custom-made pocket infused with pure silver that creates a complete Faraday enclosure for your cell phone. For free shipping to the lower 48, visit BlockItPocket.com or call 888-315-9618, BlockItPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. As if chlorine in our water weren't bad enough, now they're adding ammonia? It's true. Some municipalities are now adding ammonia plus chlorine to your water supply. It's a disinfectant called chloramine. But with a trusted Big Berkey water filter, you can keep chloramine out of your water. New NSF EPA certified lab tests show EPA Berkey water filters remove chloramines, pharmaceuticals, BPA, pesticides, bacteria and viruses, all forms of fluoride, and much more. Big Berkey water filters are the original and most trusted on the market. The gold standard in water purification. And our filters last for years at less than two cents per gallon. Big Berkey, the one that's powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. Get your Big Berkey today. Call 1-877-99-BERKEY or click BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey Water Filters, for the love of clean water. Healthy elimination is essential to high energy, a cheerful mood, and prevention of disease. Some of the founders of our modern holistic health thinking state that disease begins in a toxic colon. A toxic intestinal tract is the foundation for virtually all degenerative disease, and a clean and well-moving intestinal tract is the foundation of health. I just want to say that you folks have an amazing product. I've taken whey protein products for years, and I've never noticed results I have with your product. I've suffered with bouts of constipation most of my life. Within a few days of taking One World Whey, I know 
noticed a dramatic change. Also, in the past few years, I've experienced symptoms associated with diabetes. I feel horrible when I've had too much sugar, and I've been getting the foot pain as well. But I've noticed in the past week or so, I'm not feeling bad anymore, and the foot pain is gone. I'm just finishing up a five-pound top I ordered and just got off the phone ordering more. I love your product. Thank you. Call 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325. Or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's OneWorldWhey.com. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. On the Tech Night Out Live in a big rainstorm here in Arizona, we have Jim Tannis of Tech Review. He's back east. What part of the country are you in? I'm in uh, western Pennsylvania, in Erie, Pennsylvania. Okay, he doesn't have the rain like we do. We're talking about Windows 10 and the good, the bad, and the ugly. And do you think here, though, that the businesses will be quick to embrace it now, or are they going to give it a couple of years and just stick with Windows 7? Well, I don't think any large enterprise is going to be quick to do anything. And and they knew this was coming, and they've been working with their Microsoft reps if they're volume licensing customers. So uh, I I don't think that we're going to see a rush of of large businesses upgrading right away. Uh, Certainly, uh, over time, that's going to be their their migration strategy. Because we still have many, many, many businesses running on Windows XP, and going to Windows 7 at this point with its end of life already on the horizon, is not pro- is probably not the best idea. So I do see after a few months businesses moving. In terms of small businesses, you know, it depends on the system. It depends on what you're using it for. But I think that from from if you've got users who are doing data entry and doing things on Windows, they're going to they're going to be much more familiar with Windows 10 than they would have been had you moved to Windows 8. You do have the ability, Windows 10, if you do an upgrade, has the ability to do a complete rollback to the previous version of Windows. It maintains all of the the previous settings. And so if you do do an upgrade, if you do a test upgrade and it's not working for your environment, uh, you can easily roll back uh, with just a a click of a button and about half an hour worth of uh, moving files around uh, automatically in the background. So any business who was going to upgrade to 8 is certainly going to upgrade to 10. And a lot of the businesses who are still holding out on XP, Vista, and 7 are probably going to be, certainly going to be less apprehensive about moving forward now. It may not be, again, you don't ever want to upgrade to a first-gen product, but give it a few months and I think you'll see a, a, a lot fewer stories about people apprehensive to upgrade like we had with Windows 8. Okay, so let's go back to the Edge browser, which I raised in the previous segment. Do you perceive it as being nothing more than just kind of refashioning Internet Explorer, or is it all new? It's all new. Uh, it uses an uh, the uh, the rendering engine is a, a fork of the engine that Internet Explorer uses. But but in terms of its architecture and its its uh, application code, it's entirely new, uh, and it's not ready for prime time. That's really the short of it. Is is don't get Windows 10 and expect to really have a great experience right today, uh, early August 2015, with Edge. It's It's got some some performance bugs. It doesn't have all the features yet. It's got some sort of rendering hiccups. 
Uh, but the idea of this browser as being a lightweight version of, or sorry, a lightweight alternative to Internet Explorer and something that can integrate easily with the other Windows 10's features like Cortana and Search and all of that, it's, it's promising. It's got some interesting, uh, interesting features, uh, interesting technologies, but it's, it's not something that I'd recommend using right out of the gate. And a lot of businesses, too, are not going to use it because you know, you're, you're going to still need to rely on Internet Explorer for your web apps that are built on that platform. So consumers, you'll probably end up going and downloading Firefox or Chrome. Businesses will stick with Internet Explorer. But give Edge a year, I'd say, uh, you know, a good couple rounds of updates. And I think it's going to be a very interesting challenge to the other browsers that are available on the Windows platform for sure. Now, one of the things it doesn't support is extensions or add-ons. Now, if you're just a regular user, it probably doesn't mean much. But that's something that, of course, is going to have to come. Now, remember, when Apple introduced Safari on the Mac platform, it was several years before they added all the features such as extensions. So we think it'll come. I'm using Edge with my sites, and it seems to do okay. There are a few things it lacks in terms of features that you see. So, for example, if you want to download an episode of this radio show, There's no save as or save target as option in the right-click menu. Right. It's a very simple right-click or right contextual menu there. Uh, A lot of, you're right, a lot of the options are missing. Although Microsoft has said extensions are coming. So it's not a matter of of if, it's just a matter of when that those will be coming. And they've featured a couple of them, like one of them is a a suite of tools that enhance the browsing experience on Reddit. They've mentioned ad blockers, they've mentioned uh, corporate security, like VPN uh, configuration tools. So that will be coming in the next few months. And, you know, I'd like to see Microsoft bring something like this to the Mac platform. Remember, at one time, Internet Explorer was the default browser on the Mac. Yep. Then development languished, and Apple came out with Safari under OS X. But now Microsoft is certainly giving a more full-featured version of Office for the Mac, a really good version. This is Office 2016, now available to subscribers of Office 365, the subscription service, and it'll be rolled out in the next month or two to regular users who just want to buy software. It's much closer in terms of usability to the Windows version in terms of features. Office 2016 for Windows isn't out yet. So it's interesting that Microsoft is supporting other platforms. They have Office for Android as well. So why not bring out a browser for the Mac? I think that's an interesting and and not unrealistic possibility. And this is the product of Microsoft's relatively new CEO, Satya Nadella. The the characteristic of his tenure thus far is collaboration. He's only the third Microsoft CEO. You had had Bill Gates, you had Steve Ballmer, and now you've got Satya Nadella. The former two, obviously, uh, Bill Gates was a ruthless businessman, and it it cost him a lot of uh, energy and and effort with with antitrust suits. Ballmer was was more of a developer, kind of a big bombastic character, but, but was brought up under the leadership of Gates, and so he had a lot of those same tendencies. Nadella has come in, and he's very practical, and he said from the beginning, we're going to be working with people. He called Tim Cook his first week on the job. Obviously, Office for iPad came out before any other version of Touch Office for a Windows product, because it used to be the motto of Microsoft was Windows first. That was, you know, protect Windows, protect Office. It's, it's our core product. It's how we make our money. And so what we've seen now, though, is is that's not going to be realistic because even though Windows is still the number one 
desktop platform by market share, they are virtually non-existent. They're at like 3% in the mobile market, and that's the future. So Nadella has come out. He's released Office for Android, Office for iPad, and OS X. And you're right. They got it out before they did the Windows version. And they've already said Cortana is coming to iOS as an app. Uh, so the future of Microsoft is we want you to use our products and our services, OneDrive and all these things. We don't care what platform you're on. We just want you using a Microsoft I mean, it makes a lot of sense, but that's a huge change for this company's mentality and their outlook. And it's, it's I think, going to be great for consumers. Like, I love uh, Microsoft OneNote, which is their note-taking app. Since last year, it's been available on the Mac. It's available on all of my iDevices, and it's available on my Windows PC. So all my notes are synced up. And so that makes me, as a Microsoft customer, much happier with the service. So it's, it's going to be good for, for, for them and good for their partners in the long run. Well, certainly, if they take this attitude that if you're willing to buy our product or service— doesn't matter what platform you use, we'll take your money. Yes, but that's a huge change for them. Like I said, it makes so much sense, but that's not how Microsoft operated for so long. It was, this is our core, Office and Windows. This is our core. This is how we make all of our money, and we're not going to do anything to jeopardize these two products. And so many, many great ideas came and died in Microsoft because they had a chance of cannibalizing Windows or Office. And so to see them change course is so, so encouraging. Jim Tannis, tell our listeners how they can get a hold of you or check out what you do. Sure. Well, uh, you can always find me at, I have a little personal website, jimtannis.com, and Tannis is T-A-N-O-U-S. Of course, uh, as Gene has mentioned, I, I run Tech Review, and it's spelled a little differently. It's T-E-K-R-E-V-U-E. And you can also find me on Twitter, and my handle there is M-G-G-Jim. You can find us on Twitter. We're known as Tech Night Owl. Look for Tech Night Owl on Twitter. On Facebook, look for Gene Steinberg. If the guy is wearing a plaid shirt, no doubt he's me. I'll never change that shirt. I still own it after 75 years. No, it's not that old. We have another radio show about UFOs and things that go bump in the night called The Paracast at Paracast.com. And on The Paracast this week, we'll be talking to Micah Hanks, who is a very well-known investigator of things unusual. That's over at Paracast.com, Paracast.com. We also have a special feature of the Tech Night Owl Live called Tech Night Owl Plus. That's plus.technightowl.com to find out more. We offer you the ad-free version of the show. Better quality audio for a modest monthly, annual, or five-year subscription rate. You'll even hear better reproduction of the rainstorm we had here in Arizona. Check out plus.technightowl.com, P-L-U-S.technightowl.com. Jim Tannis, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. My pleasure, Gene. Thanks so much. The Tech Night Out Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.